10 Pence Arcade Podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the arcade with Retro Games Party. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With three regular community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no party like a Retro Games Party. Visit their website at www.retrogamesparty.co.uk and get involved. The 10 Pence Arcade Podcast is a proud member of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network. Hello and welcome to the 10 Minutes Arcade podcast. My name is Victor Marland. And I'm Sean Holly with a bad cold. Yeah, I noticed you. I've been sniffling and snuffling before we uh, got onto it. So I understand you've run out of Benelin. Uh Yeah, I'm on some other things now, some flu uh, tablets. You're not trying to know. go and score yourself some in, on the streets of Blackburn? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know how many you're supposed to have, but I've had about seven. So if I start slurring... Or falling asleep. And, and saying, yeah, look at that moving tree. You know what's happening, right? <laughs> There's a space invader in it. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, this is the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast, and we're going to talk about arcade. Uh, space Invaders this week, because we've been playing yep. that. You've been playing it a lot? Quite a bit, yeah, quite a bit. I must have played Space Invaders millions of times in my life. It's been an old favourite of mine from a very young age. I see with me, once I saw Galaxian, I never went back to Space Invaders. How dare you? I know, if I went into an arcade and there was Space Invaders and Galaxian, I'd play Galaxian. And then if if there was like... There was no Galaxian. I'd play Mooncrester if there's no. Oh, get out! Mooncrester is an awful game. I'd play Phoenix, but I wouldn't go back oh, to Space Invaders. So this was like a blast from the past. This this uh, this one. Very similar games. All came from the same place. Yes, yes. Well then, bloke, let's see what you've been up to since the last podcast. Hit me. Right, what I've been up to? I've been to the arcade club. I can't get out of the place a couple of times since the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. Me and Mark, Singy One, uh, Singy One UK, have been playing quite a bit of uh, the awesome Star Force. Oh, as well you should. I'm up to about 500,000, which is not bad. It's getting on for a good score, that. Stop. What? Who's on 500,000? Oh, you're joking. 498, I'm on. Oh, I hate Th- you. There's a, um, a pic that... There's I hate a- you. Go away. Get out of my pocket. There is actual proof on the Arcade Club website. Oh, I played it yesterday and I got 319,000. I was getting right up behind your 355,000 and you hit me with that. Yeah, I got 412. And, oh, but Mark, he wasn't into it. He was into his salamander and he's, he's getting very, very good. He's, um, he is a salamander. He's, he's coming at a rare. He's coming up to, if anyone could see... Just a minute, salamanders don't go rare. They go... If anyone could see this, we're doing tongues. poor movements, aren't we? Yeah, but we, it's not a video podcast no, and it never will be. We're not the best looking <laughs> no. people. Uh, so you're on 500k nearly on yes start start oh. yeah 498 and it gets I don't want to do the podcast it anymore. gets really fast I've just no I know it does I'm getting there you you oh. you want to do it after you hear my space invaders score mate I tell you <laughs> it wasn't good well good Excellent. anyway uh, also I've been watching um, bedrooms to billions I find, I did download it and finally got around to watching it it's good. It ends on a positive note, you know. It's about the uh, bedroom coders, and there's they're coming back. Yeah, and there's another one um, which I saw on Netflix called Video Games a Movie, uh, and that's okay. narrated by Sam from Lord of the Rings trilogy, Mr. Frodo, sir. Oh, Mr. Frodo, sir, oh, gives a kiss. Potato. <laughs> yeah, okay. and um, that's a good one. It's, it's very 
it's very basic. You know all of the uh, you know all of the the story of it, but it's put very well for a beginner. Like okay. if you've never seen a game in your life, this would be a very good introduction. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should have to watch that. So I've got Netflix so That's pretty good. Excellent. And I've been playing a new Android game, which my son uh, introduced me to, called Amazing Brick. I love my brick. Which is not the best uh, title, but it's just really it's just Flappy Bird vertical, and it is so oh, okay. addictive. You've got uh, jump up left, jump up right, so you just tap the left and right of the screen, and it's it's addictive for the same reasons that the old arcade games are addictive. You know, very easy to play. Pick up and yeah, play. yeah, difficult like to to master. Yeah, oh, that sounds pretty. Yeah, good. Um, I've also been getting lost in Manchester. I went to a gig and lost a car for. Well, nearly hour and a half, and then I, I had to yeah. get because because there's so many car parts around the northern quarter of Manchester, I just got lost, and I had to. I went back to what I thought was the car park because I wasn't paying any attention when I actually parked because I was on the phone, and I couldn't find the car. So I eventually got into a taxi and drove to the outskirts of Manchester and drove in, and just went in each car park that I thought might be it. So a very expensive night, but a good one. Du, 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 du. You win Idiot of the Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah was an ex- well done. So what have you been up to, mate? Well, I went to the Arcade 2 mini-event, which was uh, a place uh, in Cambridge. It was the History of Computers, uh, History of Computing, and we tried to fix some arcade mm-hmm. machines. Uh, I went to the first one, which was a lot of fun. We helped fix a few things. I fixed some easy stuff, as usual. I don't really do the board repairs and monitors, but I can do simple stuff just to get a machine running if it's got a few problems. Yep. And this time, I swapped a monitor over in a machine. There was a, a jammer machine there, and it was running like a 60-in-1 board. And as soon as I came into the place, my toolbox, I said to uh, Jason, that's lost red. He went, what? I said, it's got no red, look. And we put Donkey Kong on, and you couldn't see any of the girders in the red yeah. car. Oh, that was working the other day. Oh, no. So we turned it off and on again. Have you tried turning it off and on again? And uh, it, it still came back no red. I said, all right, is it a CRT? He said, yeah, yeah. So it's probably just a, a transistor on the neckboard, which is a common uh, fault with these things. Yeah. And um, so I said, all right, then, we'll just whip it off. He said, oh, it's, it's actually a CRT, but it's a computer CRT. I went, oh, okay. So we whipped the back off the machine. It was monitor been stripped out and just bolted in. Yeah. And uh, it was a BNC connectors, which is these funny sort of clip-on connectors that um, TV editing use and, and old computers use. It's not the usual jammer harness but it was taken off his jammer harness and I sort of worked out what was going on um, so we tried a few things in it, it was still losing red so I said right he said oh we'll just chuck the monitor we've got loads of monitors okay and he actually gave me an LCD monitor I said oh that'll be alright just for now just to get it going so people can play on it and he actually said oh this is um, uh, a military grade monitor and he punched the screen yeah <laughs> I went whoa and he did nothing I was like that's amazing <laughs> it was this big heavy thing off a tank or something yeah. So we sort of squeezed it in there, got it all working. It was perfect. It worked really nice, got all the picture nice and everything. That was one fix straight away. And then people like Gudler came and Davo and all the sort of quite tech heads, which were doing a few things. Uh, Martin Gudler did uh, a talk there about uh, how PCBs work. It was a very basic thing, but it showed you how the mechanics, or the electronics, I suppose, of a PCB works. You know, the the heartbeat of it and the RAM and the ROM and the program uh, memory and all this sort of stuff. And it's just an overview, really, of how the machine runs and sort of how to check it. But, you know, you need a lot of equipment to fix these things. Yeah. And I haven't got it. And he said, you can fix certain things. It's very informative, very interesting as well. If you sort of know a little bit about it, it does help a lot, which is pretty cool. And it was a good event, actually. It was lo- loads of people turned up. Um, I had to go on Oculus Rift. Oh, yeah. What do you think? 
Oh, made me feel queasy. Yeah, I was sort of I was wandering around and I saw it, and there were loads of people running. I'm going to go with it, and um, they got a big TV screen behind it with the two eyeballs, or what you can see on the Oculus Rift headset. Yeah. And I thought I'm having a go at this when no one's around. I put it on, and basically you look to your left, and there's someone sat next to you in a roller coaster. <laughs> right. I went, okay, what's going on? So I looked around myself, you know, all, all up and down and around. I thought this is pretty clever. You know, it actually looks like you're looking around. And I hit the button or, or the mouse, and it started moving. It was like a really, really deep, high swing. Yeah. And it was like gaining momentum and speed. And then you look up and down. Oh, I felt a bit bleh. I was like, I've got to get off this ride. I was like, nope, don't like it. But it was that um, realistic. I mean, the graphics were quite basic, quite colourful. They weren't sort of like um, photorealistic. Obviously, they're getting better and better all the time. And this was just a demo, I think. But it was quite clever how it worked. And it made me feel a bit, because when I was on, if I was on a ride like that in real life, I'd be going, don't like it, let me get yeah. off. <laughs> so it was a bit like that. Uh, I also picked up uh, a machine at Arc oh, 82, yes. and we'll get onto that in pickups, because we never have any pickups. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't, anyway, you keep losing stuff. <laughs> I've got some this week. Oh, yes, excellent. Yes. Well done. <laughs> I also, uh, what else have I been doing? Uh, I actually got the arcade in my garage sorted out. I actually I actually sorted everything out in there, and um, I I tidied everything up, moved all the junk out of there, moved all the PCBs that weren't being used, and I turned everything on and made sure everything was working. The only thing that isn't working at the moment is Dig Dug, yeah, because um, I still need a new monitor, and I'm, I'm going to get on the case probably tomorrow and get all my monitors out, see which ones work, which ones are suitable, and get one in there because it is really bugging me not playing that. Because I do love a bit of Dig Dug, I haven't played it for ages, and the main reason I put it put all the stuff together is there was a guy coming around. Uh, Andy Lowe, you know, the guy I mentioned before, he got in contact with me on our, on our podcast um, email. And he's the guy who used to um, write for uh, Games Master. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember you saying, yeah. Uh, and he was going to come around to have a chat and a chinwag and play the games. And we were hopefully going to meet up at the arcade, uh, barcade as well. And uh, he was going to come around. I got everything sorted. And then I got a phone call or a text message saying, oh, I can't make it. There's loads of uh, traffic on the on the roads, you know, he was trying to get here. He wouldn't have got here for an hour, and we, he only had an hour left. So I said, oh, he's leaving. We'll do another time, yeah. mate. But the thing was, it was disappointing, but it gave me a kick at the backside to get my arcade sorted. I've been meaning to do it for ages, and now it looks really, really nice. you just got Dig Dug to uh, sort out then. Yeah, that's the only one, really. Um, I'm going to probably get rid of a few machines, Yeah, and I'm still waiting for Death Race. I'm trying to sort that out, because the, the guy who was going to sort all the moving for me then to pick up and delivery he can't do it because there's been a bit of a glitch unfortunately it's not his fault uh, so i have to talk to, I have to speak to shipley which is a company that does a lot of sort of um, reverse auction with their with their pickups you sort of say i want this picking up from here i want it put in here it weighs this much it's sort of this size and send them a picture as much detail as you can and they say okay and then the first quote that came in was 948 pounds oh my god where is it and i went no is it germany is it in germany Yes, it's coming from Germany. But what happens is that's a ridiculous one. You know, that's sort of one guy in his car probably going from Italy to pick it up or something. Yeah. But then the other quotes come in lower and lower and lower and lower. And it's coming at a really good price now. But what I have to do is get in contact with the seller I'm still waiting to hear back from and make sure he's going to be in on certain days so they can pick it up. But it's, it's on the case. I'm nearly there. I'm, I'm really looking forward. It's been ages now since I've been going on about this. <laughs> and I really want to get it in. I really want to get it in. Yeah, I've seen the, pitch, I've seen the fun, stop, uh, fun spot pictures that John Studler's been putting up, and there was a death race on there, wasn't yes. there? Yeah, the death race at Fun Spot, um, the pictures I saw, because John and Tony Temple are over at Fun Spot at the moment, they're lucky yeah. gets. And uh, they're doing a bit of a tour. They've been in Florida where it's snowing, believe it or yeah. not. 
it's like full of snow. And he sent a few pictures back of some of the good machines, the nice machines there. And their death race looks like they've pimped it. It's actually yellow. With all, it's all got the proper graphics. It looks exactly like a death race. I couldn't remember it being yellow, but it must have been when I went there. And it looks really neat. I think they just pimped it a little bit and made it nice because normally it's a black sided one. Yep. But apparently, I was reading there is quite a rare one, which is a white sided one. Ah. And there's uh, there's another version of death race as well, but it's like a later version, which is a really rare version. But yeah, it looks really nice. Even in yellow, it looks pretty cool. It's nice and clean looking. Mm, yeah. They've done a good job yeah. of it. Uh, that's about all I've been doing, really, mate. Um, and I've been playing N64 and PC Engine and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But I went in the garage last night when Andy couldn't make it. I thought, oh, sod it. I'm going to go and play some games myself for a while. Because I had them all on ready for him to come. I had all the arcade lighting on. I said to the wife, oh, he's not coming. I said, oh, yeah, we'll go out for dinner instead then. Okay. I said, well, I'm going to play some arcade. <laughs> I'm playing some arcade. So I went in there and had a few games. I sort of went around all the machines and played everything. And uh, the new one, which we'll get onto when we do the pickups... I'm really enjoying. Mm. I think I think you had a few goes of it on Mame. You quite like it as well. Yeah, yeah. But we should get back to that in a minute. Okay, uh, let's do arcade news from around the world and local areas. Okay, hit me with some of that. Right, I've been looking, uh, scouring the internet as I do, and um, one thing I found uh, was called Atari Casino. Right, it's, it's a site, a gambling website that's due to open. Sounds and dodgy. And it's based um, on Atari games like Pong, Centipede, uh, Black Widow, Asteroids. And, and it's gambling like slots and all the, the things that you do. But with these, these arcade game um, graphics, well, you know, in okay. the background. So I don't know if Atari have fallen on bad times, whoever owns Atari now. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Atari have fell on bad time since like the early eighties. To be yeah, honest with you, yeah. So because Atari's it's changed hands so many times. At one point, it was just selling clothes. They're doing t-shirts <laughs> and headphones and silly stuff like that. They don't really make games anymore, unfortunately. I think that was gone a long, long time. Yeah, ago. so it's kind of a shame, really. But I suppose people who play the games, they may, they may not they just be gambling. They may not even know what Black Widow is, you know. But how dare they get yourself educated? I may start gambling. You know, I may develop a problem. I went to Vegas a few years ago uh, at Christmas time, and I, I went. It's like one of those things where um, I'm, I'm quite against certain things when I go somewhere. So if I go, to, if I went to Amsterdam, I wouldn't be doing the usual <clears throat> Amsterdam things. I wouldn't just don't interest me. I would not. Nope, not doing it. Not doing it. Um, but when I went to Vegas, I was like, right, I'm not betting. I'm not betting anything. And I, I don't even know how to bet. No, I don't. I mean, there was one point we went into this place for a steak, and it was like a ten dollar steak. And you get, I think, $10 to play on the machines. I was like, hold on a minute. I don't even know how to bet. And I had this sort of card that gives you $10. And I put it on the machine. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I just left it. I think I gave it to someone. I was like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. So I'm one of those, I just couldn't do it. And, you know, you go to Vegas to that sort of thing. I was like, no, I'm not doing it for that. I just went for the experience, you know. So you've got... There's a Dogyun Fixate Tour Plan promo video from 1992. Yeah, someone's uploaded it to uh, YouTube from a from an uh-huh. old VHS. So it's this like enthusiastic Japanese guy ranting on about these two games. Oh, and it's really good. It's it's kind of funny, but um, I like a ranty J- Japanese. It's just person. yeah, awesome. it's just an interesting look back in history. D- Dogyun is, I suppose, it's a bit like um, Truxton kind of a shooter. Uh, the power ups yes. look good. I've had a little go in Mame. And Fix mm-hmm. 8 is a bit like Outzone, you know, the, the, the guy running up the screen with the bullets. You mean rock hard? Yeah. Well, I don't know about it. Outzone is so difficult. Uh, a friend of a friend 
could do it on one ten pence. Complete the whole game, one credit. God. I've got that in my little um, little mini bar top, but it's uh, yeah, it's a very hard game. Uh, what else has been happening? Oh, this is good. This is uh, very apt, seeing so we're doing Space Invaders. Um, Taito Japan, their website, um, they've just announced um, a new mobile game, which is they haven't even named it yet. Arkanoid versus Space Invaders is the tentative title. That sounds good already. I like that. And there's that. loads of screenshots, but no video. Um, okay. But yeah, it looked like it does what it says on the tin. But it's, I think Space Invaders was slightly inspired by Breakout, wasn't it? That the guy yes. at the bottom. So it's kind of a mix between the two. It looks like. So that that was only announced last week. So that might be a while coming out. But if we can put a link to that in the uh, show notes. Yes. Of course. Yeah. And uh, new arcade news. There oh, is new, new there stuff. is tons of this because there's just finished. There's the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. I'm sure they could pick a better name than that. But IAAPA, which is in Orlando, which is one of the biggest ones in the world, if not the biggest. But it's not just arcades. It covers like uh, museums, theme parks, uh, water parks, mm-hmm. zoos even. Um, so there's a massive event 27,000 people attending and everything so there's everyone who's got the arcade games go there so i was just looking at at a few because there's so much um there's one called armed resistance by universal space i think i've never heard of them uh but it looks a bit like halo um third person shooter but you can transform into cars and ships like a transformer so it's a third person shooter looks very quick that looks all right Mm. Not too sure about third person yeah. shooters. They're not pure. <laughs> They're not arcade pure. And uh, there's another one Power Truck Special by IGS. Um, do you remember 18 Wheeler, the old uh, big massive yep. game? Naomi Hardware. Yeah, it, really, it looks like that, but super fast, mm-hmm. uh, really quick. You know, it looks like he's got guns on the front of the truck and everything. Ooh, guns, guns, guns. And another one. Um, I'll just pick a few. Uh, Lost Land Adventure from Bandai Namco, which is like a massive widescreen um, light gun in the jungle shooter. You know, a bit like Let's Go Jungle, I suppose. Okay. And yeah. last one, interesting to Neo Geo fans, there's a new cartridge coming out, which they all probably all know about. It's called Razion. Um, it okay. looks like a horizontal shooter. It looks really good. It looks very fast, bullet hell. Nice. I bet it's going to cost a fortune. I remember when a Neo Geo cart came out a little a while ago from I think it was Red Spot Games, and it goes for like nearly a thousand pounds. It was like an original game that came out about I don't know how many years ago it was now, but in the two thousands. And I mean that's a real collector's piece. I know I know a few people. Rog, we're talking about you, will be buying this because they love the Neo Geos. I mean it's a big collecting thing, the Neo Geo stuff. Never really appealed to me. Some of the games are really good, but I mean, I mean, people go for the whole collection, and there's quite a few carts to get, and some of them are quite expensive. Yeah, I know a guy that collects them, and he was he was on about the Samurai Showdown Spirits Five or something. It's, it's a good it's game thousands as well, of pounds. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Well, you can get it on emulation for zero. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Like I like I like that price better. <laughs> uh, what a uh, couple more bits of news. Game Room Junkies podcast. This is. Um, a shout out to them. From June this year, I found this podcast, and it's an interview with David Bishop, who's the Namco Executive Vice President. And he talks about how um, Namco, like a lot of the um, the uh, companies, were struggling in the 90s. So they they sort of survived by using, you know, like relying on the crane, coin pushers, ticket redemption games. 
And it's a very interesting chat, and he's very honest about it all and how they struggled. So check that out. It's uh, Game Room Junkies, and it's Podcast 39. I don't know what they're on now. They're probably on 50 Summit. But, uh, yeah, we can put a link uh, to that, please. And, I certainly and will. one more thing. You know, the other uh, maybe two or four weeks ago, we were talking about Space Sap at uh, Play Retro, Play Expo even. Um, I thought I was doing really good on 161,000, but this... Oh, don't tell me someone's beaten This that. guy on Dragon's Lair Forum, this is quite an old post, actually. I was just sifting through. It's called Anunnaki. Apologies if I've got that wrong. From Nether... I've heard of his name before. From yeah, the Netherlands. He's got... He is known to us. Uh, well, he's got 225,000 on it. I will have him removed. I've seen a screenshot of him and he's got three arms. Oh, yeah, I see. Could be it, couldn't it? Yeah. Yep, three-armed Netherlander. <laughs> I was playing Space Up the other day on, on MAME. I was using the joystick rather than the buttons. Oh, that'd be dead easy. It's still quite fun. It's not easy at all. It's still as hard, No actually. way. It's got to be easier. But... I'm even thinking about making... Oh, I want the machine. I want someone to sell me a machine. I would like it. It's a nice machine to have. Yeah. Um, but I, would, I think I might have to make myself a panel for one of my ponies because I can make the panels quite easily. I can make like, four big buttons on the right-hand side yeah. and one big zap button on the left-hand side. You know, over, use oversized buttons? Yeah. To have a proper control panel. I'd be, that'd be the best way to play it without the machine, I think. Yeah, I think it's perfect, the controls. It's got to be easy with a joystick. It isn't, honestly. Right. It's the same kind of thing, yeah. Because you, you'd think you'd better just twizzle the joystick round and round to hit the four corners, but it doesn't work like that. When it gets fast, you've got to, you've got to hit the button properly. You've got to get it in the right uh, place. Ah, yeah, I see what you mean. So if you get diagonals, yeah, nothing yeah. happens. No, yeah. not at all. Even, even the four-way, it's difficult. So no, it's not an easy way out, I don't think. Right. right okay, let's get on to pickups. Right, I've got a Cosmic Alien pickup. Yes. Actual cab. I'm not like Alex, getting a cab every week like he yeah. used to. Hate him for doing that, but love him all the same because he's got some nice cabs. Uh, I actually picked up a cab, and it's not a cocktail cab. It's not a cabaret, and it's not an upright. It's a wall mount. Yes. Uh, it originally came from Germany. It's got Linksrecht fire on it. Yeah. Uh, and, you go, and you've got to put um, German Deutschmarks in it. It's that old. And it's a game called Cosmic Alien which was from Universal, the Japanese company Universal. And they had uh, an upright of this at uh, Julian's Arcade, the Unigame. And we played this to death when it was still open up there. It was real good fun. It was one of my favourite machines. That that and the German Donkey Kong he had up there. It was really, really nice to play. And he sold it to Witchfinder uh, because his wife's really, really good at it. And I think he bought it for his wife, so he's not allowed to play (laughs) it. Uh, I always wanted it because it's a really, really unique game. It's, It's very similar to Galaxian. But it's it's different in different ways, and it's quite an old game, and it's got like TTL Logic sound on it. So you, the, the sound effects are quite unique, yeah. and they're not. I don't think they're the same in, in main. And they're, they're really. It's a really nice machine to play. And it's got really weird controls. It's got a little knob. You go left to right, and it's got these really weird fire buttons on the side. I'll put a picture up on the notes for everyone to look at. But these machines, because Germany was, it's always been a quite efficient place and efficient people. I think their arcades were quite limited on size. And what they used to do is bolt these things to the wall. They're sort of like, you know, cigarette machines or chocolate bar machines, that sort of size. And um, I think you need some hefty bolts to put on the wall. But it's a lovely machine. And I bought this off Guddler, Martin, at the Arc A2. We we did the deal ages ago. We just couldn't, you know, we didn't have time and enough sort of room to to meet up to to get it delivered. And we thought we'd both go into this thing. So he brought in the back of his car, nice of him to do that. And I've got it, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's a really, really nice machine. I'm so grateful he sold it to me because it's the only way I'd have it. It's quite a rare machine as well. I've never, ever seen a wall mount of it. 
And I do like the Warmouts. Yeah. And I've been playing that quite a bit as well. And it's a really, really fun game. It's a really fun game. It's very like Galaxian, but every two levels, your, your spaceship starts further up the screen. So you're getting closer to the aliens. I did notice that in MAME, yeah. I thought it took me a while to realise why has it got a bit difficult, you know, more difficult. Yeah, yeah that's why. And the aliens do change a little bit. But when you're on the last alien, it turns into this big wing thing. Yes. Which is the cosmic alien, in the, and he sort of swoops down at you. And it's, yeah, a really, really nice game. Really like it. Yeah, I think I, I would call that erratic Galaxian. I'd name that. Because yeah. you notice when they swoop down, they don't fire, and then all of a sudden they'll fire four bullets. Yeah, it's a bit like bird droppings. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Cosmic bird droppings. Yeah, cosmic bird Sequel. droppings. But what you do notice is the, the sort of detection on it's a bit odd as well. Sometimes the, the, you think you're going to get hit and you don't, but you get used to the, the weird collision detection quite quickly. Yeah. And it works really well. I really like the game. I really like it. I'm quite pleased with that because it's, it's quite an old game as well. And I do like the really old games. Yes. I'm starting to get into more of the old games, but they're only really good on the actual hardware. When you play them in main, they look like nothing. Mm. But when you've got the proper controls and the proper TTL sounds and you know they've got overlays maybe or weird backlights or a special cab, it really makes the game. You can't explain it unless you play it. And when you play it, you realise then why we collect these damn things. I know they're big and massive, but it's worth it sometimes. And with this one especially, I really like it. I'm getting more and more into it as well. Mm. But at the moment, it was only on the floor because I don't want to hang on the wall because I can't be asked to you know, drill four-inch holes into my wall and put some massive bolts up yeah. there. So what I've done is I've put it on a workbench for now, yeah. <laughs> which does the job, just temporary. But I will perhaps build like a little cupboardy thing for it to sit on. I can put maybe you know PCBs in there or something, some storage unit. I don't know. It's a, did you say it's a dial control instead of a joystick? No, it's not a dial. It's a funny little knob that's right in the front of the machine. It's, it's like a joystick, but it just sort of slides left and right oh, yeah. rather than a sort of upright joystick. But it works quite well because it's only a two-way game, left yep. and right. right. I've uh, just got a N64 EverDrive. You know I had that NTSC one? Yes, yeah. Well, it didn't work on my N64 uh. because it's not an NTSC one. I didn't realise this. Um, but WTG Bob, Robert... He has been really cool to me, and he sent me his his PAL one, which works fine, and I've sent the NTSC one. So I'm really, really, really grateful for that, and it works fine. The wife knows about it now. She sort of worked <laughs> it out while I was mucking about with it. But we're going to leave it till Christmas, and that's what we're going to be doing over the Christmas holiday together, playing N64. Oh, yeah, Mario and stuff so like quite that. Looking yeah, wave race. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, she's sort of convinced that I'll like some of the games. I obviously missed a lot of these back in the day. It wasn't really my sort of console, a bit late for me. Um, but she's, she's insistent I will like some of the games. So I'm quite looking forward to doing that. Yeah, I never got into the controller. I know some people love it. I think it's a love or hate thing. But that being said, it is a very good console. Well, I shall reserve judgment to later on. <laughs> I also picked up um, a 14-inch PVM, Sony PVM monitor. And these are like uh, XTV production monitors. And they've got BNC uh, connectors in the back. You know we talked about earlier? Yeah. And I've plugged... It's also got some AV controls. And you can basically play anything on it. It plays PAL, NTSC, really nice scan lines on it, really nice colour screen. It's only 14 inch, so it sits on my workbench quite nicely. And I'm going to use it as a test monitor, but I've been playing PC Engine on it, N64 on it. Um, I'm waiting to mod my Intellivision. I can play everything on it, and I can get rid of this rubbish TV I've got on the side of my uh, workbench as well. So I got that. Um, I got off uh, a guy on Jammer Plus... Guy called Gojira fifty four. So thank you for that. That's really really cool. Good price as well. Yeah, someone. Um, I think someone took one to the back cave, and I, uh, I just tried to lift it up. Um, I think I was putting it on a table or something, and they are so heavy, aren't they? For the 
Yeah, I yeah. They are. It's, it's quite a big because they're quite. It's got a steel um, frame around them. It's steel sort of construction. I think they're built hard because they went out in the field a lot with TV production and stuff yeah. like that. And the good thing about them is because they're quite square, unlike a TV, you can sit on its side for playing vertical stuff with ease. You just whip it straight oh, over. that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice thing. And you can also put one on top of each other. So you could put like four or six you know, at a time. And it's got two inputs as well. So you can have different inputs just with a flick of a switch, yeah. which is quite fun. I like the idea. There's you know, no messing around on the back. You can run two consoles or whatever off one at a time, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. I understand someone sent you a birthday present, a late birthday present. Yes, uh, thank you. Yeah, a, a ten pence a t-shirt. Um, yes. It did actually. The the collars on it uh, ran. Uh, uh, so I contacted the guy. He was very apologetic. He said he's had a, a dodgy batch of uh, t-shirts, um, and he sent me a new one straight away. So I now I've now got two <laughs> ten pence arcade. You got one for work and doing the dishes, yeah, I, um, and you got a. Pod- podcast pro- broadcasting. I've got a yeah, decent one and a one that looks like all the colours run like it's 10 pence hor- Halloween 10 pence. Yeah. Ah, all the colours run down it, you know. Yeah, because that, that was, you know, um, I think it was the last podcast we did. I did a, a shout out to Dave Lightbob and his dad. They were the people who, who did it because his dad's got um, a little business doing um, printing. Yeah. And he did a really good job. Very, very short notice. Thank you very much. And even though he had a little fault with it, he sorted out straight away Absolutely brilliant service. Excellent. Yeah, and in the back it says, in your face, in brackets, Sean Holly. Yes, yes, Excellent. that's the one, special one. I think, um, I think that may be a Namco font, is that? I'm not sure. It was definitely a Namco <laughs> font. I actually had to download that specially for that. And I also got um, a Hori Fighting Stick 3, which is an old PS3 um, PC stick, which is just a bit looser than the X Arcade stick. I'm now going to hold it up to the camera so all the listeners can yes. see. They yeah, like it. They, yeah, like they just it. told me live. I've yeah. just dropped. I've, you fool. I've just dropped all my beachium stuff on the floor. Doesn't matter for me cold. Um, yeah, but that is. It's a lot looser stick, and um, it's better for the you know for the bullet hells and the shooters where you're just flying all over the screen. You know, mm-hmm. it's. I think you bought that because you're a bit scared about your scores. Uh, not, not really. No. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I've got you running. You're on the run, pal. <laughs> you may have today. <laughs> I, I really don't think we are. If, we, if it does today, I'll be quite happy. But if I don't, I'm going to be really annoyed and I'm going to come up there and punch you on the punch nose. Punch in the neck. Yes, in the <laughs> neck. Yeah, that's better. Okay, let's do some feedback. Right, feedback. So um, we did a thing on uh, the UK VAC. We asked people for their uh, input on Space Invaders, you know, when they first played it and what their experiences are of it. And somebody uh, whose name on UK VAC is Sean Holly wrote in this. <laughs> right, my memories of Space Invaders. I started off uh, quite sensible, really. Space Invaders at the Durley Hall Hotel Bournemouth Christmas 1979. Now, that's true. I vividly remember walking into a large lounge bar area, and there in the corner sat a colourful box with a telly in it. That's true. I walked over and was instantly mesmerised by the graphics and sound. Right, this is where I started getting a bit bored. Um, I rested my pint of skull on top of the cab. It took ages to eventually slide off and cleared eight boards on my first go. A large crowd gathered around and started clapping, cheering and urging me on. I actually heard a man say, this kid is the future at one point. Little did I know that that man (laughs) was Roy Castle from BBC TV's Record Breakers. Oh, yes, he was. And he asked me onto the show. Later that day, I was whisked off to Shepherd's Bush TV studio for a one-hour Record Breakers special 
where I displayed my world-beating class on this great new game. In the evening, I got a text from a young man called Billy Mitchell. Uh, he said, I was far too good to beat at Space Invaders, but if there was my performance that inspired him to practice on any future new games that may be released featuring grillers. So, you know, there you go. Next morning, I got a check from the Guinness Book of Records for £10,000. Actually, no, 100000 I'm going to say 100 there. And the president of Taito Skyped me to ask me uh, to help design Lunar Rescue. <laughs> so I put all this on. What, what year was Space Invaders? Remind the listeners what year Space Invaders was when you played it first. Uh, well, 79. Yeah. I, think, I think it was 79 <laughs> before I saw it. That's the truth, that bit. I, I think Skype was a little bit and the further off in the future, yeah. do you? Yeah. So, are you okay. kidding? That's a great story. Uh, no, he didn't. Don't, don't no. mention no names. Uh, but I don't know no, if he's him. taking the mic or not, <laughs> is he? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, they have yeah. had a few rums that Could night. Have done. Could maybe, have done. perhaps. So he, he wanted to see some. He wanted to see some YouTube yes. footage, didn't he? Um, yeah, from, from but, 1979. Um, I, I, I said that they've took it off because it was just too awesome. It was too awesome for YouTube. YouTube nearly broke. <laughs> and then and, ev- and everyone kept putting on the lols and the smiley faces. And I think I gave him a... <laughs> yeah, he did, yes. Yeah. Oh, he's going to duff me up when he is, but I know, he's a ninja as well, so I've had it. Honestly, I've had it. Oh, my word. Nearly. He's going for it. He sent us an in-your-face um, Jalico Game Boy game. Yes, he did. Yeah, he said, none of this nonsense about in-your-face. What's this about? And there's actually a game released on the Game Boy called In-Your-Face. Yeah, it's a one-on-one or two-on-two uh, player thing. I had to go with a one-on-one. Um, no, it's Excellent. not. It's all right. Oh. It's yeah, got, it's got a good can, um, title. I like the title. You can, well, because of the limited Game Boy, you've got just two buttons. You can block, block shots and throw the ball into that net thing, and um, that's it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think they call it yeah, a throw the ball into the hoop, not miss the hoop like last time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. So um, that was the <laughs> that feedback. Uh, Trone adds Dave Hamilton. He, um, following on from the conversation we were having about Sun Sun. He's got 1.3 mm-hmm. million now. Oh, my Lord. How many times um, is that? I bet it's nearly three. Oh, I don't goodness. know. It's How just magic. Do he? And now he's going to leave it for Berserk, Fast Bullets. He's going to practice on that. So we're all going to get, oh, right. get okay. thrashed on we that like now. We like that game. Yes, we will. Bit of competition for John is, Studley, he actually. He's really good on that. Um, and he also said, Oh, and Vic asked about the purpose of when one of Sun Sun's friends seemingly walks past and you, and you can't do anything Mr. Frog. with him. The answer is that after he goes off the right-hand side of the screen, he drops a bonus fruit that appears like one of the low-scoring squ- low fruits, but scores like a boxed fruit, so ah. more points. Okay. Wow, brilliant. Well, at least we know what's for now. I never, I never even picked that up. Didn't even realise... Mm. Oh, cheers. Cheers, Tronads. Um, Nez for Life, Phil. It was Arcade 2. Uh, his suggestion for a future game of the week, Contra, otherwise known as Grizer or Probotector, on any platform. Will be Arcade for us, obviously. Uh, we'll have to think about that. I'm, I'm not sure if I like Contra. Yeah, I haven't played it for years, but um, I've had a go at Super Contra um, a few months back, which I quite enjoyed. I quite like that format, you know, the okay. scrolling left to right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Run and gun, yeah. He also said he likes the Sun Sun okay. artwork. I don't know who did it, but they're very, very clever and skilled at um, photo manipulation, aren't they? <laughs> Definitely. And this, this week's one's pretty good as yeah. well, the Invaders. Alpha One, all. 
he reckons Lunar Rescue for reviewing one day. And yeah, we do like a, a bit of Lunar Rescue, don't we? That is on the cards, I think, everyone. That is on the cards. Uh, Zappy, who was also at the Arcade, uh, who's a really nice guy I met, uh, he's got to say, another fantastic podcast. Also informative for someone getting dragged into this scary area of gaming. I think he's going to be buying cabs, yeah. or we might have a cab already. Excellent. So good on him for that. Uh, also, uh, not some feedback as much, but I just want to mention it. I was looking on UK VAC, and I missed it. I don't know how I missed it. We should have said last week. But UK VAC do a charity thing every year, and they do a Movaca which is like the Movember, you know, when you grow a moustache for November. For um... Yeah, I've seen the, seen the uh, T-shirt. I can't remember who's wearing the T-shirt. I've seen one. I've actually got one. It's got the Tapper guy on it, you know, with the big um, Mr. Curly, yes. Curly yeah. Pringles moustache. And it's got him on there. I've got one of the T-shirts. Unfortunately, I can't grow a moustache to save my life. Rubbish. My, my top lip is as, mm. as hairless as a baby's bottom. Absolutely useless. But these guys do it every, every year in November. Uh, and they do... Every participant will receive a UK VAC-inspired Movaca Tapper T-shirt, which are really cool. And they get a site support system, and we also start in to amass a goodie bag for team member who grows the most <laughs> retro-like tash. And we're talking sort of uh, almost like Pedro yeah. Porn moustache here, I think. And so far, it's got in a Revival membership card, Family Pass to Revival Meat, which is a really good meat. We enjoy that. Family Pass to Nerg, which is even better. Copy of Chris's Ocean Biography book. Uh, a PCB from Rav, who's uh, the one of the main guys on UKVAC, and a lot more to be announced. So everyone who's doing that, well done. It's for such a good cause yep. as well. And they do it for uh, cancer and also mental health illnesses, oh, which is really cool. Yeah, really good. Yes, Darth Nuno Bruno on, on DLF, mm-hmm. uh, he's given us some feedback. He's saying our, pod- yeah, DLF our forum, podcasts yeah. cost him money because the only, the only quiet place Uh-oh. he's got to listen to him is in his car and his car doesn't play MP3s or anything. So he burns them to CD and listens to them. <laughs> oh, wow. We've been yeah, put down so Well wax. done. Thank you for that. Yeah, so he listens to them in the car. Actually, I've been on um, Dragon Earth Forum. I introduced myself on there, and we'll get back on there and have a few conversations. But I've had much chance to do a lot of um, forum stuff lately. But I'm definitely getting into that. There's a lot more, another whole wealth of knowledge there and lots of different countries to be you know, included in with the, the collecting yeah. as well. Yeah, I've joined... Um, Retro Gamer Forum as well. That's the magazine, you know, magazine Retro Gamer. Oh, right, the Retro yes. Gamer. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think I might be on that from years ago. There's but some really good bits. They do like um, a shoot-em-up, uh, shoot-em-up league, shoot-em-up tournament. So I'm, okay. I'm going to see what they're going to do next month. I've just done... Star yeah, Force. Star Force. Star Force. So. Star Force. I've just done Batrider, and before that they did Darius Gaiden. So, um, or is that Gaiden? Oh, okay. Gaiden. Gaiden, I think. So there's some Gaiden. good games there. So I'd love to... No, no, it's Darius's garden. It's that bloke from the X Factor. It's oh, in his garden. So it's a bit like Hover Bother, the old Jeff Minter thing. Yeah. It might be, with a singer. Yeah, sure right, yeah. Uh, Pete on Arcade Outsiders. Just Pete. That's Arcade Hotaco. You Beecham's junkie. Pete is listener 96. I'm going to give him oh, numbers from now on. Actually, that's a few too many. We haven't got that many. Uh, listener 13, Pete. <laughs> He's put, I have to say, it took a bit of getting used to without Alex, and instead of your, uh, the new co-host, Northern Accent, it, it took a bit of getting used to. So he, he said he needed a bit of help, and he's put a Kevin and Perry sketch up from, do you remember the Madchester sketch where... I do, yeah, this is Harry yeah, Enfield. Perry walks sketch. in and he's mad for it, mad for it, you know all that. Mad for it, all right. Man, so normal, it <laughs> That's it, me. yeah. I love the Happy Mondays, me. That's what you do every oh, week. I don't talk like that. 
Oh, no, cobbles. And he's put also, as with previous po- podcasts, I went away and fired up my main cab to play some of the games you mentioned, including Loverboy. So oh. he's got the joy oh. of that fantastic Fedora guy. Yes, he, he put um, he put a picture on there, the, the screenshot, never to be seen again. It's <laughs> yeah. evil. <laughs> oh yeah, this is another one. Uh, we've had lots of info and feedback from the guy Synonym Nine. He's the German guy, I think, who who had the massive warehouse raid, uh, and he was moaning at us a little bit, which is fair enough. We didn't cover a lot of his warehouse raid because basically it's so yeah. vast. Uh, it was 27 pages on DLF forums, and there is a lot of things to cover. And what I might try and do is get hold of him and talk to him on private message and get some information of, of what he wants to talk about, because there is a, a, a lot on there, and I think it would take quite a while to cover. So I might get back to him. We, we will get back to you, Cinema 9. Your, the interest there is a lot there, and I think we will try and cover it, but it will take up most of our podcast because there's so much to talk about. But we might just talk, talk about a few machines, maybe some classics and some really rare ones, because I'm very interested. I'd love to go to Germany and have a look at that, but it's a bit too far for yeah. me to go. But yeah, there was a lot there, a lot there. So we will get back to you, Synonym 9. Don't worry, don't worry. It's on the case. Uh, I've had some feedback from Benson Rad. Yes, it was his birthday recently. Happy um, birthday, Benson. Put, I did laugh out loud when the in-your-face bit happened. Vic, you really do have some competition now. It looks like you are the score underdog. I like that. Oh, what a, Rolf. What a nice what an guy. Underdog. Um, I've, I, found a yeah, bit of, yeah. I found the bit on the Sunsung Creator very interesting. Um, he got, mm, so did yeah, some other people He got screwed well. over with a time pilot by his boss and then sacked. So wrong. Mm. But I guess he did make it in the end <laughs> with Capcom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did well out of Capcom, I think. SM Radis, Steve on UK VAC. An- another nice episode. Mm-hmm. I wish they won- went on for longer, really. That's good, isn't it? Um, I like the sound yeah. of the stylish cabs, the one shaped like a shark. That was from the uh, Big Bang Theory bit we did. Um, yes. I'm afraid I'm too young for Space Invaders. Oh, I think How old he's is he? mid 30s, early 30s, isn't he? Yeah. Child. Child. <laughs> nice of you to mention Tamayo. Kawamoto, she's the musician, isn't she? Her her Rayforce and Raystorm soundtracks are great. And he said, got to point out that Bells and Whistles is Daytana, which is Twinbee, which is the same game. Is that what he's saying? Bells and Whistles is actually Twinbee. Yeah, yeah, Daytana Twinbee. Yeah, the character's called Twinbee, I think. And he did a few games on the PC Engine are quite good at Twinbee Mm -hmm. ones as well, actually. Um, And I feel like 19XX is the best in the 1940s series. He's gone a bit wrong there, and he's missed 1942. Yeah, that's yeah, easily the best. Uh, uh, sh- <laughs> Andy, you sure that 1943 had a silly life bar to stop people stocking up on lives like in 1942? Some people may stock up lives, not this player. <laughs> it's I only lose every 80,000. You can get a few lives on that. Yeah. And I found it really funny that, that I, how I compared sidearms to the uh, death smiles and not the other way around because sidearms came first, didn't it? But I just mentioned that, yeah, I I I finished Death Smiles and I thought, oh, that reminds me of Sidearm, so I mentioned it that way. Okay, we'll let you off. Death Smiles has got a fantastic end boss, um, Tyranno Satan, which is just a great name, isn't it? And it's got to be the best Mm -hmm. animation, I think, best 2D animation I've seen, I think, in a game, Death Smiles. It's just amazing. Yeah, it'd be better if it was Tyranno Santa. Yeah, they could do a Christmas version. Tyranno Santa. Yeah, very good. Anyway, enough of that. I think we should do some shout-outs. Game system operational. Right, thanks to everyone for my birthday wishes that came after the um, 
came after my surprise party. I got a lot of uh, wishes on um, on the tenth, which was my actual birthday. And also the, at the arcade club, I keep noticing people turn up from the forums, and I don't know who they are. So um, I keep getting mentioned. Oh yeah, you were at arcade club as well, and that. So I'm gonna put my t-shirt on next time, and. Uh, um, say hello to him. I know uh, Charlie Farr's there, and this guy called Paz. I don't think he's on any forums. Oh, he's one of those guys with the, the head that goes back and little sweets come That's out of Pez. him. Pez. Yeah. Oh, okay. I could, Sorry. I could try that. Carry on. Stand on his foot and see if his head flips back. When he sat down playing Commando, I was going to stand on his foot and see what happens. Don't yeah. tell him what Sam just seen. Look at you, fool. What the hell are you yeah, doing? Yeah, he's a good player. God, everything he touches, he just gets high scores, like two and a half million on Bubble Bubble and stuff like that. So, Hate him already. Tell player. him to go away. And I like it, him. Yeah, he might be there no. tonight and I'm not going, so all my scores, whatever's there, is just going to get wiped out. What do you mean not going? I've got what a family get-together. I'm going to a uh, family, double family birthday. Shall be eating Italian food and drinking Italian lager, if there's such a thing? Uh, Peroni. You're not going to take a few of your pulses? I'm not drinking Peroni. It's like every, every pint is like a small mortgage. It's that expensive. Yeah, I know you Northerners don't like uh, spending too much uh, no. on things here. <laughs> Get out, what? Right, another shout-out to all the people at Arcade 2 who was there. There was quite a lot of us there, actually, as well. Loads of us. Especially Gudler, Martin. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, and for selling me the cab and actually helping me put it into my car because it's damn heavy. Davo, listener three. Uh, Ian Ski, listener <laughs> yeah. five. Jason, who's actually curator, listener 16.5. I am. Uh, Phil Ness for life. Uh, he also uh, gave me an N64 NTSC to PAL converter, um, which I was going to buy off him, but I don't need it now. And he's also said he can have it, he can have it back, no problem at all. So thank you for that. Uh, Paul Kojira54 for selling me that sweet PVM monitor. He's going to have a load more in. I might have to buy a few more of him as well. Because they make really good uh, replacement cab monitors, to be honest with you. Because they are RGB CRTs, same as in a cab. And they're really good for that. Oh, another one. John Studley and Tony Temple, who are over at Funspot and in America at the moment. Yeah. Um, by the time this goes out, John will probably um, add a go at his world record, won't he? By the time... Oh, to yeah. fingers crossed. So fingers good crossed, luck. John. Come and, on. Uh, yeah, shout out to yeah, John and Tony. Good luck over there. Flying the flag for the UK. Yeah, big props for Tony, who's already a world record holder. Uh, just keep an eye on your back there, Tony. People might be following you yeah. around. You know <laughs> what I mean. I don't know what you mean. They've also been to the Pinball Wizard Arcade in um, Boston. And this is run by the lady who used to service the pinballs at um, Funspot. Oh. When I went over in 2008, I was quite surprised to see a lady operator there, um, which is just going against the totally going against the sexism thing. Absolutely brilliant seeing her in there. And I actually asked her a few technical questions. She, she happily answered them. She was really, really nice. But she's got her own arcade now uh, in Boston. And I was going to go there the last time I was at Funspot uh, a year and a half ago. But we couldn't make it. I think we ran out of time because we were yeah. at Funspot all day. But apparently it's really, really good. And it's totally different to Funspot, which is a really nice compliment. So, yeah, some great photos appearing on, fun, on, on Facebook as well. John's put some really cool photos. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, some really good photos coming up. Okay, let's get on to doing a bit of what console or computer games should have been in the arcade. Road Rash, the 1991 Mega Drive game. Um, when I first moved up to Blackburn, there, were, there was me and two other lads in this uh, house in uh, Blackburn, and we, were, we had Road Rash and 
we didn't watch any telly. We just had road rash in one of the PGA golf games, and this is all we played for like a month. Uh, yeah, it's, it's we got quite oh. quite into it actually. PGA really? Tour. It must have been one of the early ones, but um, did you have to wear them them plaid flares and a funny flat cap? Make it look no, because like it's um, it's a game. You don't have to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's no. not real. <laughs> Four. Yeah, so road rash. Just imagine, just imagine, like if they overhauled the graphics, put it in the arcade. You've got like your, your driving game, your motorbike game. Um, you earn money from each race. You can you can power up your bike. But the good thing is, as everyone knows, you can hit the people on the bikes. You've got kick, punch, and whack with iron bar. So you could have a a button or a something. Yeah, not really politically correct, really, um, is it? Well, these guys are nasty. They've like taken your girlfriend or something. You've got to you've got to hit them. What? That old chestnut? Maybe they haven't, but, you know, if they have done, they deserve a whack with an iron bar. Yeah. I think so. A, a good hard clobbering. Yeah, I can imagine the controls, actually. It'd be sort of like a bit like hang on with your steering, and you could sort of wobble to the left or the right. But what I was saying, you said about a clobber button, what you could do is have a pressure pad. Remember how um, the first Street Fighter game was, where you had six big sort of uh, uh, puffy buttons you had to smack? You could have a punch, you could whack the button rather than, you know, maybe to your left or to your right, and then you could hit to your left yeah. and your right. That'd it be a lot be of fun, wouldn't that, it? Actually. You sort of put in your face. I think you. it'd go down well, actually. It would, but I don't think the machine would last very long with them punch buttons, people hitting them with iron yeah. bars and stuff. Maybe they shouldn't put the iron bar <laughs> bit in there. Yeah, that'd be quite good with a pressure pad, I think, and steering, because you've got to sort of balance yourself on the bike and punch at the same time. Mm. That sounds pretty cool. I like the idea have, of that. Uh, have you got one, Vic? Yeah, I've been playing my PC Engine again, as I often do, looking for these games. And it's called Barunba. It's a really cool little um, horizontal shooter. And it's got, as usual on a lot of these PC Engine games, really, really kawaii graphics. Really cutesy yeah. graphics. Sort of reminds me of um, Ordine a little bit. Very, very colourful. And it's a left-to-right scrolling shooter. But the thing that stand, makes this stand out a bit and make it good in the arcade is you've got um, your little roundy ship. It's like a little egg-shaped thing, a little guy in there. And you're sort of travelling along. And you've got two guns above and below you, which you can shoot out. But the good thing about this game is you've got your second button actually spins them round. Ah. It actually, you can turn it so you can fire below you, behind you, and upside, you know, up top. And also diagonal. So if there's things coming from behind you, you can shoot them as well. And you get power-ups of most of these shoot 'em up games you get and you do that with a select button because there's only two buttons on the old uh, the PC Engine controller and you can get all sorts of lasers and, and ones that you sort of store up and shoot out in a big in a big fire and it's really quite clever I think in the arcade you could have obviously the nice graphics on the side of the machine with all the cutesy bits and you could have a spinner yeah. rather than you've got one joystick with a button on top maybe and you've got your spinner to shoot around you rather like um, Mad Planets that sort of thing yeah. when you spin yourself round. It would make a really good mechanic, I think. It's a really nice game. So check it out, people. Barumba on the PC Engine. Really, really nice Yeah, I haven't game. seen that one. I'll have to have a look. It's really, really nice. Played on my EverDrive. <laughs> on my new monitor. Uh-huh. I think now is about time to have a bit of a break. I need some coffee. Um, we're going to put some music on for you. And you've chosen this music. and it- Sivan by Kaneko, 1998. It's a very good shooter, and the music is... It's, it's only like a little one-minute piece, but it's... Uh, I like it. I okay. like it. Perfect for a little break. So we'll pop that on. I say Cyburn. <laughs> Could be. 
Right, I hope you enjoyed that musical interlude. And now we're going to get on to our game of the week. Space Invaders. Invaders from the space place. Never heard of it before. Can you explain to me? I'm going to do a little bit on the guy that created it because he's another one of these Japanese geniuses. Uh, Genii. He's a genii. Uh, He's called Tomohiro Nishikado. Nishikado-san. Atari, really, were the the kings of the 70s arcade. Um, They had had, like this creative design team and every time they released a game, everybody would copy them, you know. Yeah, Alan Alcorn, Lyle Rains, Larry Emmons, Steve Mayer, Dave Shepard. There's a long list of these guys and they've all had something to do with the innovations, you know. Yeah, yeah, Um, definitely. If you read anything on Atari, these names come up a lot. They were, they were the, the real innovators. They're brilliant, these guys. Some of the games, amazing games. So, yeah, everyone released, um, everyone copied Pong. Um, the only, like, original guys that uh, were any serious contender was Taito. And uh, the designer, Tomohiro Nishikado, he, he started off doing a couple of Pong clones. I think he did Pong doubles, a, cl- a clone of that. Uh, and then he did um, Speed Race, which... People oh, say it's debatable, but it could have been the first scrolling game. It's like um, an overhead view of your car. Uh, you scroll left and right and zoom up the screen. Um, Atari at the same time were doing Grand Track 10, which is which evolved into like Sprint and the indie games and Championship Sprint and Badlands. So one of those two was the first racer. But um, yeah, uh, Nishikada yeah. did Speed Race. He then went on to do Western Gun, which is um, a 19... 19- a 1975 TTL game which got converted by Dave Nutting of Nutting Associates, who uh, Nolan Bushnell started yep. with. They converted it to Gunfight. So it's the same game, but um, Dave Nutting put a CPU in instead of the TTL and made it as Gunfight. I remember that one from being a kid, actually. It had a really cool controller. It had a little joystick on the left-hand side, and you had a little sort of um, yeah, pistol grip I've seen on the right-hand yeah. side. And you went up and down with the pistol grip to, to angle your, your gunfighter's arm as he shot, and you get to shoot across the road to the other guy. And I think it was cactuses, cacti in the way. And I think a wagon went up the screen to sort of block yeah. your bullets. I remember that one from a long, long time ago. It's an old game, but it was a real good one as well. So that's another, real, that's another innovation he did, and people copied that. And uh, I, It was the first, I think it was... Pro- supposed to be the first one to feature a one-on-one uh, shooting game kind of thing um, yep, yep. with human characters something like that yeah oh, uh, it ended interceptor 1976 which is a 3d crosshair airplane thing and i, I have never seen this yes. but i understand you have and i'd love i'd love I to have see seen it. one uh, there's a guy in in fleet uh alex and i went to visit um because i was going to buy a cab or i was going to buy a cab off of him and uh, he had a load of old machines, and the cab um, I wanted was a little bit beyond my repair needs. I thought, I'll leave it. You know, I think he sold it quite cheap. And he's got uh, another cab I was interested in. I haven't heard back from him about that, another wall mount. But he had an Interceptor 1976 game. And as you said, it's just a crosshair, basically, but it's, it's got all these overlays on it, and the sounds are like TTL sounds. Yeah. Unless you've played a TTL sound game, you won't know what it sounds like, but they're quite yeah. unique. The sound effects are really, really good. Um, and it was quite a fun game, and it's a really old game and very, very, very rare yep. nowadays. But yeah, we would look at. That. I think uh, Alex might take some pictures. See, of that. I can't yeah, I like me um, arcade history, and I can't find anything on that. There's not even any footage. There's no YouTube videos. It must be so rare. 
Yeah, we'll have to take him, get him to uh, YouTube it, video it, and get some pictures before he he sells it. If he sells it, well, I think he'll keep yeah, hold so, of it. Um, uh, Nishikado obviously went on in July '78 to create Space Invaders. He did everything. He did the game, uh, designed it, the hardware. He programmed it. He did the sound. He even did the artwork. He did everything. He even sang the theme tune. So they want me to star in it, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Yeah, he, he really started something off here. I mean, this went massive. If anyone hasn't played Space Invaders, or at least knows what it is, they've been living in a cave for the past four they years. They certainly have. They it's as simple as that. Everyone knows what a Space Invader is. Even if they mix it up with Pac-Man, they know what a Space Invader is. Yeah, there's a Wikipedia article which we could link to, which is goes into the details of it and his inspirations and... Um, it's quite interesting. Yeah, his inspirations, didn't they have something to do with octopus or octopies? And War of the Worlds and all sorts of stuff he was be, uh, being inspired by, yeah. Shall we explain how to play Space Invaders quite quickly? Yeah, uh, yeah go on. Basically, you've got a big block of invaders. Uh, I think there's 55 invaders on screen. 11 by 5 block of invaders up the top of the screen, vertical game. You've got a little uh, gun turret down the bottom, a very simple looking little tank thing. You go left and right with a joystick. Uh, some machines had buttons, but most had joysticks. You've got one fire button to fire a little tiny one pixel thick fire at the screen. And basically, the invaders go from left to right. They hit the side of the screen, then go right to left, hit the side of the screen. Every time they hit the side of the screen, they come down one invader space. And they're trying to invade you at the bottom. You've got these little housey things, little barriers to stop their bullets. You can hide behind them, but their bullets waste these things away they just keep eating away at them and you can shoot them away as well they're shootable and they eventually disappear uh they go they come down and if they land on your space you're dead yep. it's a game over they shoot at you you shoot at them you remove them there's you've got two rows of the same kind of invaders another two rows of a different kind of invader and then one row at the top of the main the top invaders and every now and again you get a mothership go across the top of the screen if you shoot that you get big points and by big points, we're talking 50 to 300 wow. points. As you can tell, this is quite a low-scoring low game. But it was an old game. They couldn't, they couldn't add up that much. Back yeah, then, it's not probably. exactly pinball scores, is it? Mid, mid-90s pinball scores where you got 9 million for flipping the ball into the... <laughs> yeah. into the... Or outrun scores where they just yeah. keep going up all the time when you're driving along. Um, it's a great little game. Um, very, very simple. Uh, it's not the first game where you shot up the screen at things. That was Seawolf, wasn't it, we explained yeah, before? Yeah, I think it may be. Um, there is actually a game called Anti-Aircraft, which some people... Anti-Aircraft? Anti-Aircraft, you were lovely. And uh, you shoot, it's kind of like Missile Command, and you've got um, two turrets at the bottom that can shoot at three different angles, and they sh- they shoot up the screen. So oh, okay. I've never heard of that one, actually. Shoot them up? We don't know. Hmm. Anyway, Space Invaders. Um, little Space Invaders march down, dum, 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 and they get faster as you shoot them all away. So when you've got one at the end, they're whizzing across the screen. And they're quite easy to shoot. And every time you do a layer, or a screen full of them, or a level, they come down one until they get quite close to your little bases at the bottom, and they're eating away the bases quite quickly. It's a very simple game. They come down at you, you shoot the things. Simple as that. And they, they're unrelenting. They will not stop. They keep coming. And they will not change their pattern either. They keep coming out and shoot at you. You can shoot their fire, and they fire little crosses at you, little sort of um, crucifixes, or they shoot little wiggly ones at you. And you can shoot their, their bullets, and sometimes you can't. Sometimes your bullets go straight through, and they can shoot your bullets. 
Uh, that's about it, really. There's so much more to say about I've actually thought of another early game. There's, there's a tighter one called Avenger. Um, it's an airplane on the screen, and there's uh, clouds that scroll down, so you, you, you have the impression that you're flying up because the clouds are scrolling down, and you shoot up on that, and I think that was 76. You shoot up on that? I think you yeah, should you rephrase that. you shoot bullets up the screen. Nothing to do with oh, okay. heroin. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another early one. I'm interested. What was the first shooter? But yeah, yeah. Answers on a postcard, please, to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast thing. So you mentioned the yen shortage in our uh, notes here. There's a famous story that in Japan this game was so popular that it caused a hundred yen coin shortage. Um, to tell the listeners, they probably know already if you if you've even gone into any kind of history of, of arcades and space invaders. They had halls called Invader. It's Invader halls they had. Arcades just with Space yeah. Invaders in. And the kid, the kids went in there just to play Space Invaders. It was that popular. I mean, as I mentioned before, when the Japanese get into something, they go proper mad, mad for it, proper mad for it. And, you know, these kids were going in there. There were stories of kids pinching out their parents' purses for 100 yen coins. And there was a story that there was a 100 yen shortage in Japan. I mean, we're talking millions and billions and zillions of coins. And there's there's a lot of um, stories on it, and I think it's a load of rubbish. I mean, all they had to do was empty the coin boxes. They weren't going to leave all those 100 yen bits in the coin boxes and machines, where they're going to take them to the bank, get paid for it to earn their keep, and then they're back in circulation. So I don't think it's No, true, not really. Um, yeah, Good story, though. We like the story. Um, I listen to the Player Missile podcast. He, he, he goes into the details and he gives a nice link um, that debunks the myth, really. I don't know why I listen to that because I'd never had an Atari. Um, but that Player Missile podcast, it's so well done. And the, the detail he goes into the games, it's, that's worth a, a shout out, I think. I've sh- I'm sure that's the one I've shouted it out done. before. Because yeah. I listened to Antic podcast. Uh, and one of the guys I met in, in Portland, in America, who's a really cool bloke, Kevin Savitz. And I talked to other guys about Atari, because I'm really into my Atari Android XL. And they've answered a few questions for me. That's a real good podcast to listen to, Antic. But Player Missile is one of the newer ones. And there's another one as well. I can't put my finger on the moment what it's called. But Player Missile is very, very good. It's just yep. guy on his own. That's really good. So everyone should listen to that. If you like podcasts, especially about video games, that's two to listen to. Uh, we should get on to... There were so many... We can't just talk about Space Invaders. It's quite a simple game. And it's a good old favourite. It's not that much to talk about, really. Apart from it being a good game. Um, I loved it from a kid, being a kid. My first experience of of um, Space Invaders, I've talked about this in a very, very early podcast. I mean, Alex first started doing it. Um, I'll just go over it again briefly, if you've not heard that really badly recorded <laughs> thing before I did the, all the gear. Sorry about that, again. Um, basically, when I was a kid, I think I was about seven, before my brother came along, who kind of ruined my life when he was 10, <laughs> little swine. I used to go to, I mean, back in the day, um, in the 70s, the late 70s, early 80s, you didn't really go out for dinner a lot because, you know, it was expensive back then. And, you know, your parents were going to shell out that kind of money for food you could have at home. And we used to go to a roadside calf, which is on the, the Daventry Road, because uh, I used to live in, in Rugby in Warwickshire, in the middle of the country. And we used to go there because it was like a sort of truck stop. Um, and it was basically a greasy spoon. But I used to, you know, all the kids used to like sausage and chips and all this sorts of bangers and mash, all that sort of stuff. And they had a jukebox there playing all the really cool songs. 
And uh, they had um, some arcade machines. And I remember them having a Space Invaders in. That's the first time I ever set my little fingers on the buttons yeah. and joystick back then. And right next to it, on the left, they had a Space Invaders pinball oh, as well. Yeah. Double whammy. And you know that, that evil alien thing on, on this pinball yeah. backdrop? It was, it, was, it was supposed to be um, an alien uh, inspired pinball but they couldn't get the license apparently so they just thought oh sod it we've got the uh, space invaders license we'll use that and just keep this alien on it it's a real evil looking thing it used to give me the the willies a little bit because i was in a seven-year-old <laughs> victor back then and i could just barely see over the little um the little perspex backdrop into the machine and i used to love playing space invaders it's got ttl logic sound i keep banging on about the sounds but they're generated not by a cpu or a dedicated sound chip and it's it's witchcraft. The sounds on it are brilliant. They're really booming. The the boom 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 because it's on a it's on an arcade machine, and the speakers right at the front in a great big box. Basically, it's a bass box like a boom box. Oh, the sounds are brilliant. I remember looking into it and seeing these graphics, and it was back then. You, you can't really think of it now, but you were controlling something on the telly, and it was it was it was black magic. You could never do it before. I'm moving this thing. I'm shooting these. And I loved it. And it was always, Mum, Mum, I need another 10p. I need another 10p. You've had a pound already. And back then, that was a lot of money for a kid. And we used to go, I used to love, it was was a real treat to go there. I mean, we'd go along in in the car, you know, from wherever we'd been. And my dad's brown Cortina. And I used to just go there. And I'd be like, I'd get all excited when I realised where we were. Oh, we're at the Sleepy Sausage. Yay. And straight on space. Mum, Mum, Mum. Yeah, here's here's 50p. You're not having any more. Come and eat your dinner. And that's how I found Space Invaders. And I think in the same place later on, they had a Defender. In a few years later, that blew my tiny little you mind. Know, I mean, it just... I, th- I must have it. grown up near you, you know, because I grew up in Northamptonshire, which is not far from... Yeah, one far. And one I far. used to go to a cafe called The Saucy Sausage. Oh, my which, Lord. We're going to have to have a talk about this off mic, because that was yeah, part of the same chain. It was near... <gasps> um, I had some cousins in Findon, which is a, um, a village near Wellingborough, which is the nearest big place is Northampton. But, um, yeah, the saucy sausage we used to go to. They didn't have any games in. but um, Oh, we'll have to talk yeah. about this off air, mate. I'm getting excited. Some oh, saucy sausages. <laughs> I gave a shout-out for this on one of the early podcasts, and you didn't ring in. I did. Didn't ring I, I remember hearing it, and then I forgot all about it. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about it later on. Anyway, let's get back to Space Invaders. I'm interested about that. I'm interested about that. Yeah, let's get back to Space Invaders. Um, as I said before, we got onto the sleepy sausage and the spicy sausage and all this lot. <laughs> um, forget the sausages. It had a, the game had a lot, a lot, a lot of bootlegs. Yeah. I mean, I think Space Invaders, Galaxian, Pac Man, and uh, Street Fighter Two were the most copied games with bootlegs, similar versions, rip-offs, yeah. hacks, all that sort of stuff. And, and we've had a look at uh, quite a few bootlegs of Space Invaders and Space Invaders themed games. We weren't going to go quite into Galaxian games because Galaxian is quite a different game. You know, the invaders come down at you. There's different score methods, and it's very similar, but Galaxian went on to to spawn a load of Galaxian clones, and then Gallagher came along, and it sort of progressed yeah. from there. So we were talking mainly Space Invaders, you know, blocks of aliens shooting down at you, and you shooting back at them, that sort of thing. And you've done a spreadsheet, apparently. Well, yeah, um... <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, it's an you old nerd. sheet. It's been something I've been working on for years, and it. This sounds very nerdy. Sean Poindexter Holly, go on. 
I was going to do, right, every arcade game That'll ever take a while. in a spreadsheet. So what... I, yes, I realised that. So I was going through arcade history, arcade museum, clov, uh, arcade flyer archives, System 16, some old stuff on Wayback Machine, and I was compiling all the information because they each have games that the other have, have missed or the information's wrong. So you get all this cross data, you put it all together, and I've, I ended up with this... I never did carry it on. Well, I haven't yet. I've, I got up to 1980. So I went from 1971, which is the original uh, computer space, to 1980. So when, when we're doing this podcast, I just filtered out uh, type, shoot em up, subtype, space invaders. See how organized I am? Isn't that clever? It's very clever, yeah. And it came up with 57, 57 different versions of space invaders, clones, bootlegs, and hacks. Yeah, well, this is, this is just that I've, what I've found and, yeah, and bootlegs yeah, of bootlegs even. I've had, I've had games before, PCBs, that have been... They're original boards, say like a Space Invaders or a Galaxian, and they've been bootlegged as something else, and then someone else has put more code on them to bootleg them again. They must have been geniuses to uh, work this out, how to do stuff. Because, I mean, the hardware is very limited, but I suppose a lot of the games back then were, were ripped off from each other and used similar hardware, so maybe they are easy to port across, I don't know. Yeah, there's a bootleg of Space Invaders called... Super Earth Invasion, where it's more of a more of a hack, and it's got the houses as the bases, and someone's bootlegged that. Call, uh, um, they've <laughs> called it Alien Invasion, so it's, so it's a bootleg yeah, good of luck a hack. Suing them. You know, it just goes on and on. But that is a really good one, actually, because there's a slight difference in that. Where every now and again, a space invader will lob a really, really quick bullet down at you. I mean, like hellishly quick, and you've got to get out of the way quite quickly. And there's little extra bits yep. in that. Yeah, so you've got bootlegs and clones and, and inspired ones and ones with different graphics. And they, they just did everything. I mean, every kind of change you could do, they did. I mean, like even the title page. And I think some of them even got, uh, you can put your name in on the high score table because it, it never had a high score um, table on the original Space Invaders. I got a feeling that Space Invaders 2 was one of the first ones to give you, put your name in. But you had to get more than 5,000 points on Space Invaders 2 to get your name in. I think... I think it was Starfire. Okay. I think the sit the sit down, um, spa- uh, Star Wars um, inspired three D shooter. Oh, okay. I think it was Starfire, and they um, they they did a version called Starfire Two and never released it. I think or did it in small numbers because the original high score table was so hard to use, people just couldn't use it. <laughs> Got bored of it, so they simplified it. But I think it was that one. I pro- someone will probably correct me, mm. but just going off memory there. So we're getting to a bit about the hardware of Space Invaders, because Space Invaders comes in original version in a really nice cabinet, and, and lots of different cabinets, actually. So Space Invaders, 1978. It's a black and white game for a start. People might think it's colour, because there are colours on the screen. It was reflected from down inside the cab onto a half mirror at the back, and there was a cardboard moonscape behind it, which you could sort of see through. So the invaders were sort of on floating in the background, and you can see the cardboard behind it, and they had black lights to give you sort of an ultraviolet-looking effect. And across yes. the screen, the actual physical CRT, they put gels, which are like um, like a cellophane film, and it gave you stripes of colour. So as the invaders come down, they sort of change colour. And your bases at the bottom are green. I think your, your ship was green as well. And I think the scores may be a different colour as well. Um, yeah, it went left and right, as I said before. And you could just fire with one button. Um, Taito did v- different versions of the cab. They're exactly the same in the side art, 
but I'm not sure if the, the Japanese or the UK and the North American versions, all the ones I've ever seen have had a joystick with a white ball top, left, right joystick, white fire button, and two red buttons yep. for one player start, two player start. But you can get one with buttons for left and right. And the American version had, had a different kind of cabinet, similar artwork, but they had a very, very sloped roof to it, almost like a sort of a factory roof sloping backwards. And it had sort of double built up sides to it. It was sort of um, wood on top of wood on the sides, if you can imagine that. And very, very yeah. different side art. And that was the Bally Midway version, because they licensed it off Taito for release in North America. And we didn't get that cab. We got the Japanese ones. I always remember seeing the Japanese ones, which is very, very square. And you've got like a, a flat roof on it. We can put your pint on top, like you said you used to do when you were nine. Uh, yeah, pint of skull. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's 8080 hardware, which was very popular at the time. It's an old 70s chip. And I've got that in my Space Fever, my Nintendo Space Invaders cocktail cap. It's TTL Logic based for the sound, which is unique sounds. And if you play it through MAME, I'm not sure if they fixed the sound, but the sounds in MAME were incorrect. They used to be perfect. And then they did something they were trying to keep to the original hardware, and they went all wrong. But you can play the clones. It's still got the original samples, which is a lot better version of the sound if you use the samples in MAME. A lot, lot yeah. better. Well, the, the fire, but, uh, fire sound. It's awful. The, it is. I was playing yeah, earlier on MAME, and I haven't got the version with, with the proper samples on there, and it just isn't right. It doesn't sound yeah, right like, at all. Sounds like a, um, a kitten spitting out a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> 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 not the pew pew we want to hear mm, yeah like you say the original sounds um a lot of these clones do have them because I've, yeah. I've got these samples in the samples folder and name and they're just timeless the, the when you hit the mothership that whoa 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 that sound yeah. it's just you, you know yeah, when you hit the the, the uh, mothership and it sounds exactly like this i had that as a, an alert on my phone for a while and it used to drive my wife up the wall round the corner and back again. I, 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 had to hatch, I had to change it in the end. Normally I'd just go, no, I like it. It's my phone. I'm being original. No, I had to change it. It got on my nerves in the end. But it used to go off, especially when someone's sending you a message, you have a conversation with different people, you know, one on, on Facebook and then one on, you know, WhatsApp and any messages. And it used to come through sometimes like eight at a time and it just wore me out. I couldn't have it anymore. So I've got Pac-Man now on instead. I've, I've lost my Mooncrester ringtone. My uh, S, uh, micro SD card corrupted in my phone. So I lost my Mooncrester ringtone that's because i corrupted it because i hate mooncrester <laughs> yeah as i said before you shoot stuff it's that simple don't let them land just keep shooting them how do you play it I, I i've got a certain way of playing it i've played since i was seven years old when i sort of in my tiny brain worked out what i must do to save the planet well um how do you play it i've got a certain way which i'll explain in a minute first couple of levels just shoot anything because it's nice and easy that after about the third level I, I try and shoot the bottom row first because okay. when they come down a couple more levels, they're eating into your bases and I find it very hard to shoot them um, without getting shot, you know. Munch, 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 yeah. munch. So munch, I try and I, I zoom along the right side of the screen, try and shoot them all, that just, the, just the bottom layer. And as I go back, I try and shoot as many as I can and then try to pick off the columns as they advance left, all the column, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But I wasn't very successful. In my tiny seven-year-old brain and my tiny 41-year-old brain, I think you're going wrong there. Go on. And I shall tell you why. The way I do it, I don't know, actually, because it's not that brilliant. I'm not very good at it. But the way I do it, and it seems to make sense, is I always do it the same way. 
you start you always start off on the left hand side always 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 start on the left hand side and as far over as you can and invaders can go a little bit further to the left and a little bit further to the right than you can and as they hit the left and right they go down one level so what i try and do is i go to the right i shoot the second column of invaders and the third column together right then and as they go into the left the the leftmost column of invaders have gone past your base you can shoot them up the left hand side and then you've got three columns gone from the left hand side yeah so they can't come down at you it stops them coming down that's the way i keep them above some eat from eating your bases right and then i go and i keep doing columns until they're getting quite quick then i pick off the bottom ones to stop them coming down ah. and then as they get and as you get two left they're quite quick and then when you get the one last one that's as quick as they'll ever go and they move faster than you so you've got to time your shot you know, a little bit in advance. So as he comes along, he hits your shot. And what I find, the easiest way to kill them and to keep out of the way of their shots is to shoot them on the side. Did you work that one yeah, out? Yeah, you can't shoot them in the middle, can you? Cause, cause no, because they will get And they you. shoot your shots as well, yeah. Yes, yes, and you can shoot theirs. So you try and get them on the side. And did you also know the little trick? There's a little trick as you pr- pr- um, advance in the game. And Davo told me about this, because Davo's very good at Space Invaders. I think he can clock it and get over 10,000 because it, it, the score only goes up to 10,000 then it reverts back to zero. Oh, really? I, didn't I don't know think, that. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Taito were thinking anyone would get over 10,000, but they did. Believe me, they did. Richie Knuckles is the world record holder with 184,187 points. Um, the, the trick that Davo told me is when they get to the very lowest level, just before they hit the ground and your game's over, yeah. they can't shoot at you. Because there's no room for the shot to go in. It's a hardware fault. They cannot shoot you. So you can just go underneath them. They cannot shoot you. But as soon as you shoot one and there's one above him, he can squeeze a shot in. So you've got to be careful. I've seen that. But when they're nearly hitting the ground, you can shoot them. It's a bit of an unfair advantage for I you. I saw that on YouTube and I couldn't do it. You can do it a couple of times, but you've got to be... You've got to, every yeah. shot, you've got to kill an invader or you're dead. Yeah. yeah, you don't miss right. them. Oh, you've had, yeah. you've had it. Yeah, I've yeah. tried it. But it is a way of keep because when you get to about 4,000 points, I think that's as low as they come when they first start off. And, um, you know, you've got to sort of do this to, to progress in the game. Cause it's, it's like Donkey Kong when you get to level five. It won't get any harder or any faster. It starts on that level and stays on that yeah. level. And you only get, like Donkey Kong, you only get one extra life and you get that 1,500 points, which is quite easy to get. You know about the, the, the secret-y bit in it, don't you, about shooting so many... So many counting uh, shots, yeah. the counting uh, method. I never do I this. I find it boring. So I yeah, don't do I didn't it. really have the patience to do it. But saying that, my high score, I was messing around with the counting on the first level. So I yeah. actually upped my score by doing that. Oh, okay. Well, the secret to it, and a lot of people know this: uh, you shoot twenty-two shots. Whether or not they hit an invader, it doesn't matter. You shoot twenty-two shots, then you wait. And when the mothership comes along, you hit it with your 23rd shot. And if you hit it with the 23rd shot, you're guaranteed to get 300 every time, which is the maximum you can get for, this, for the mothership at the top. Yep. You get 50, 150, or 300. I never got 200 as far as I know. So that's the most you can get. But 50, I mean, you get 10, 20, or 30 for the, the height of the invaders. You know, the bottom two rows, 10. Next two rows, 20. Top row, 30. So you only get 50. It's not even worth your hassle if you get 50, but you don't know what you're going to get because it's usually random. Yeah. And it's only 300 set in stone if you do the 23-shot trick. After you've done the 23rd shot, and on the same level, you wait another 14 shots and then hit the mother, 
the mother, with the 15th shot. And you can repeat this 15th shot business until the end of the level, then it's rinse and repeat. You just go over and over yep. again. But I couldn't be bothered. I don't, I don't like patterns in games. I try not to do them because it gets too much like being a robot. I mean, anyone can learn a pattern. Easier said than done. Yeah. But yeah, I don't do that. So that's how I used to play the game. And I, I did well, and I always do it like that, and I've always played it like that. Well, I, I've made a new rule about gaming after playing this game. Okay. Is this about swearing? Uh, it is, kind of, yeah. I thought, I got to a point, I thought, I'm not enjoying this. I'm really trying. Um, I'm not enjoying it. So, you're supposed to enjoy a game. So, instead of swearing, just switch it off and play something else. So, that's what I was doing. So, what? every night, coming from work, I have a couple of games just about to say the F word. Flipping heck. Oh, bugger. And, and switch it off. So... That, that's what I'm going to do now. Even with, uh, I've been playing Star Force so much. If I get to a point on that, I get frustrated. So I get, you know, switch it off, play something else or go and, you know, have some to. That's a good, that's a good rule, I think. Yeah, so that's what I, that's, that is what this game has taught me because I was trying so very hard to uh, get a decent score and I haven't. Do you know there's a podcast done by a guy called the No Swear Gamer? I've seen, oh, I've, I've seen him on He's very good on Twitter. and he does it. I think he does it because of his kids, basically. And he, obviously, like us, it's a family show. We don't want to do the swears. We pretend to, and we'll bleep them out if we do one by accident. But yeah, you've got a point there. If you're getting miffed with a game, turn it off, play another one. Because it does get annoying. When you're trying to get a big score, and you're trying to beat your mates and you know, a bit of competition like we do, you, get, you play it and you play it and you play it. And you go, oh, for God's sake, I've got to go to the start again. If you could just continue there... With one more life, yeah. you could just continue. But when you've got to start again, it does get tedious. And sometimes you think it's being unfair. No, it's because you're being rubbish. <laughs> it's exactly that. So you've got in our notes here, as we have every month, every week, opinions on graphics, sound and gameplay. It's very, very basic, isn't it? Yeah. Good old invaders. Everyone knows they look like invaders. I've actually got, you know, the second row invaders, the ones with the, the arms that go up and down? Yes. I've got one of those tattooed on my tramp stamp, just above my button. <laughs> yeah. The reason I've got it in there, it's not trying to invade my space. Yeah. Um, the reason I've got it there, it means it was the first real arcade game I played as a kid, and it got me into arcade game now, which I love, and that's why I do this podcast with you. And it, it reminds me of those times, simple times. I was an only kid back then. Uh, and Dad was still alive, obviously. He's not now, unfortunately. Uh, it, you know, we, little treats like that. I mean... Treating a kid to like sausage and chips and some space invaders—it was simple, and I loved it. And just the memories it brings to me. That you know, I was standing next to a big ass hairy biker playing the pinball, beating it up, and me just standing there playing space invaders and asking mum for ten p. And it reminds me, and it's it's that iconic shape, like Pac Man. Yeah, it's an iconic shape, and that's why I wanted a tattoo of Space Invader, and it, it means that much it to did, me. It did, yeah. It transfixed me when I first saw it. It was that hotel, and um. I used to I used to play it and be very bad at it. Then I used to watch other people playing it, and then I used to pretend I was playing the attract mode. I just could not get enough. I did that. I, I could I did not that. get enough. If you didn't of have ten p, you just stand there pretending to move the controls, and someone said, "You playing that?" No, <laughs> you had to get. I out think away. it was the first arcade game I ever saw because before that, I only had like one of these pong on a chip games. Um, yeah, I saw plenty of those at home, the, the Binatones and the grandstands that we had. I think there. I had an Atari with a combat cartridge, and I think that was about it before then. Yeah, the 2600 is what would be popular yeah. back then. Because I remember playing Space Invaders on a friend's 2600, and it was it was brilliant. It was a, the next best thing you could yeah. get. 
And the Atari 2600 Invaders is classic. It's a classic game, but it's nothing it's like not, the Invaders. It? It's, not. it's totally different, but it's a good game in its own yeah. right. You know, I don't want the Atari 2600 guys coming around duffing me up. <laughs> yeah. It is a good game in its own right, but not at all like the proper version. Uh, but the game is pure shooting. It's dodge and shoot. That's all you do. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to get out of the way. And you sort of, what I do is this little sort of go to the left or right, shoot, get out of the way, shoot, get out of the way, shoot, get out of the way. And it's that sort of thing where you sort of dodging and it's just, it's just reactions. And it's, I love it. It's such a stupid, simple game. But I still like it and I still go back to it. And playing on a real machine is even more of a treat because you get that bass sound and you get the proper effects and you get the backlight. I mean, the, the cab is beautiful. We'll have to go on to the artwork in a minute. The cab is beautiful. Yes. And it, it just, it can't be missed. It's just brilliant. When you see one, you have to go and you look inside it and it's like delving into something. And because it's this backdrop and it looks like they're floating on the back of the, the arcade cab and it's a really magical effect, even it's very simple when you look at it. Yeah, there's one at Arcade Club. Um, and that, Which we yes, played. That is, yeah, it, I know what you mean. It does look uh, awesome. On our notes again, there's improvements to the game. There were improvements made or, or slight graphical changes and different things because Invaders, Space Invaders Part 2, or in America they called it um, Deluxe, Deluxe yeah. Invaders. Space Invaders Deluxe. Uh, they did it slightly different. They had a black and white version of it in the same cabinet, but it's had red sides. Yeah. And theirs was had a different different title screen, and it didn't have any colour. But our version over here, we got two versions. We were quite lucky because we had the Japanese cab, which was exactly the same as the blue iconic cabinet with a flat roof on it and the, the uh, projected screen in black and white. Alex had one of these. We talked about it in an earlier podcast, which was brilliant. Yeah. And we also got a version I had, a colour version, with a screen laid down inside the cab, and you looked directly on the colour screen rather than the backdrop. It wasn't, it wasn't reflected. And that was a really nice cabinet I had. And it had sort of a, quite a sloping bezel on it, and the, the, the bezel art was brilliant. And that was a white joystick and one button. Um, on a, in a red cabinet, a very similar cabinet, the same kind of side-up, but in red rather than blue. And I wish I hadn't got rid of it. And Alex r- wishes he didn't get rid of his because they are iconic cabs. And I'm trying to get a blue Space Invaders back again. I'm in talks with someone back where I used to live. A guy used to live like three doors up the road from me. Yeah. And I only found out he had it when I left. I knew the yeah. guy. <laughs> uh, and he's my next one ever was a good, very good friend of mine. And he told me, did you know that he had a Space Invaders? I was like, What? You never told me. I used to talk. You never told me. So we didn't know you wanted it. I said, "Yeah, I do." That's if he wants to sell it. And I'm in talk to him, trying to get in. And he's very slow to reply and, and get me pictures of it. But hopefully, I've got room for one. I'd like a Space Invaders. It's one of those. Cabs. Which cab um, do you like best? Because I know there's slight differences in the side art as well. And there's uh, the midway one has yeah. the guys with the rockets in their hands. Yeah, lobbing the rockets. Which down. Those huge like Exocet missiles. I do like that. Is that the one with the white front? Yes, it is. That's the Midway version. I personally like the blue one, the original Taito with the joystick. It's very sort of boxy, very square looking. I like the bezel. And the invaders on the side are like, um, they're quite jaggedy things. They were taken from Forbidden Planet. You know, when the aliens at the end of the film, spoiler alert, uh, when he's trying to get through the electric barriers, you only see him because he's invisible. You see the jagged outline of him when he's trying to get through the the sort of um, electric barriers. And that's what they took it from. And, uh, yeah, they're really, they don't look anything like that on the game. They're nothing little more like squids and stuff, which is <laughs> apparently where he got the idea yeah. of the, the, the invaders from. And, um, yeah, it's really, really cool side art, and it's got front art, and it's, they use that, that shaped cabinet for a lot of games. I mean, Lunar Rescue is in there. 
and a lot of their games of that era, you know, the late 70s, early 80s games. There's loads of them and Taito did. That's my favourite cab. But my second favourite is the Taito Trimline. And that is a, a cabaret-sized machine. And if you've ever been to the uh, New Frontier Arcade, they've got one there. It's My Old Phoenix. And they did a number of games in these little cabinets. They were ca- uh, cabarets, just wooden-sided things, but they're really dinky. And they did a Space Invaders version of it with the, yes. with the overlays and a black and white screen, but it was sort of a, it wasn't a projected screen. You looked onto the screen, but it had the, the coloured overlays on the screen. And it was a really cool little cab, really nice, but very similar to the Phoenix, very simple, but I like it. And they also brought out a load of um, black and white and colour cocktails. And I think they licensed the game to all sorts yes. of people as well, because I saw loads of Space Invaders when I was a kid, loads of them. Yeah, I think um, I like both of the uh, cabs, the Taito and yeah. the Midway cabs. And yeah, the artwork's brilliant. The didn't they do a part, a Space Invaders Part Two that was just a cocktail, and it was like a two-player. thing? Yes, all the cocktails are two-player. They um, obviously when when you had your go, you were sat one side of the machine, and then the person was sat another. When you had your go and you got killed, the, the screen would flip, and then the person opposite would play. Yeah, I mean, I think wasn't it not simultaneous? I might have got that wrong. No, you got to shoot each other. Is it ah, space laser yes. or something? Yeah, that, yeah, that would be a perfect game. I actually had a Space Invaders 2 cocktail cabinet I bought years ago, and I sold to Dave Lightfoot. Um, and it still, I did it as a, I did it as a jammer cabin in because it didn't have anything original about it. I think it had scramble in there or something. I had a really washed out monitor, and I built it up and really, really reproduced it, and it was beautiful in the end. It was absolutely perfect. And I put a sixteen-one in it and played mainly, mainly Space Invaders. But I mean, it was great as a cocktail because you only had left and right on it. And it was perfect because the controls on a cocktail cabinet are perfect for Space Invaders. Left, right, shoot. Yeah, there's no yeah. sort of trying to dodge things up and down, left and right. Because the, the controls are very sort of facing you. They're not upright like they should be. So it's very difficult when you hurt your thumb when yeah, you're playing. Tricky. But yeah, great for a game like that. And I like all versions of, of Space Invaders. I really do. But yeah, the blue one for me was my favourite cab. It's just iconic. I mean, you see it in films. You used to see it in pubs yeah. and clubs and and restaurants and arcades as a kid. It was everywhere. I mean, in, in the early 80s, it was everywhere. Yeah, it is such a, um, a great game. But like I said, I did move on to Galaxian, and I, I just pre- I still really prefer that game. So I, I very rarely went yeah, back to I like to Galaxian Space as well. I mean, I'd like a Galaxian cab. I'm trying to get hold of a Galaxian cabinet, because that was a game I used to play. I used to play loads yeah. of different versions of Galaxians as well. Really weird versions. I mean, that had loads of clones. We, we might do that in the future, maybe, because it is a classic game. Yeah. But Space Invaders had a few official sequels as well, as well as the bootlegs. You had Space Invaders Part 2, and then you had Return of the Invaders, which I had a PCB of, and it's junk. It's all in colour. The Invaders are totally weird. I never liked it, and the, the, the PCB yeah. was a bit flaky. So I never liked that game. Uh, Super Space Invaders 91, uh, also known as Majestic 12, which is a... Really cool name. Yes, nice you know what the Majestic 12 is about, it's really good. The title originates from a secret coalition known as the Majestic 12 in the US who were dedicated to investigating sightings of UFOs. I've just nicked that off MAME. But that's like almost like a... I'm sure there's an X-Files episode about Majestic 12. Yeah? All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there was. This is the game... uh, When I met my wife, we used to play this in a pub. Um, oh, love she, at first sight over she, Space Invaders. She, she wasn't my wife at the time, obviously. I didn't say, hello, wife. Would you like yeah. a pint? Of... Hello, wife. <laughs> hello. Um, but she, she still calls it to this day the cow game. 
You know where? You oh yeah, you got to pick up cows. The cattle mutilation scene. I'm just checking yes. if she's looking. Yeah, the cattle mutilation scene where um, you've got to save the cows, not not pick them up. Yeah, there's a little um, bonus level. You play normal Space Invaders with really nice backdrops, and it's just like Space Invaders, but the graphics are a little bit updated. And when you get to whatever level it is, there's a thing where these little UFOs they're grabbing the cows, and if they get to the top, they pinch the cows. You've got to shoot them to drop the cows down. Poor old Moose, <laughs> yeah. he lobbed up and down the place and shot at. And then there was Super Space Invaders 95, Attack of the Lunar Loonies, yeah. a.k.a. Akinvader. Uh, I think I've got Super... Oh, I missed out Space Invaders DX. Yeah. And Space Invaders DX was basically um, a compilation, and you can play uh, an arrangement version, which was all new graphics and real cutesy graphics. You can play the original version. You can choose to have the cellophane overlay effect or the black and white or the cocktail versions. And there was different versions of them. It's quite a good little sort of throwback. I think it was released in the 90s. And then, as I said, the last one, Attack of the Lunar Loonies. There is also another one that I've found. Okay. Space Invaders, The Beat Attacker. Okay. Which, What's that about? A 2008 rhythm, rhythm ticket redemption thing. You, you, there's, oh, Lord. There's like a, um, a screen on the floor with like three pads in front of it. And you got left, I think, and there's a YouTube video. I'm gonna have to watch it again. You've yeah, got, I'm gonna watch that. You've got Sounds three good. pads that you jump on, left, right, and fire. I think, and you have to like jump on them, like dance on them. What to to kill the invaders? Yeah, that is brilliant. That's almost like out of big when he's on the piano. Yeah, so I, I think that's it. It's, it's it's three or four pads on the front of it. I'll have to check that out again. That sounds like a lot of fun, but I think I'd get a bit hot and sweaty playing that. Yeah. Mm. And also, the late, there's been loads of console versions, but the latest one is called Space Invaders Infinity Gene. Oh, is that on the DS? I, I'm not sure. It's, it's on everything, actually. I I'm think that, I got it on the DS. It's quite good, I remember. Yeah, it's, it starts off as the original graphics, and then they start throwing in more and more effects. Um, but it's, it's very well done. I've watched a video of it. It seems to be maintain the aesthetics of the original and then, you know, spice it up with, like... Huge invaders that spin and scroll and animate and stuff. I like it when they do that. They pay homage to the original game, which as they should do, and then it sort of changes and gets a bit more playable. Obviously, because the original one's got limited appeal, especially to kids nowadays. Yeah, they did the same with Donkey Kong, you know, on the on the Game Boy. Yeah, they did a guy, Donkey Kong. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. And you play the first four levels, and you expect to go back to the first one. And it just goes on and on and on. There's loads, and it's almost like a puzzle game in the end. Yeah, it's I remember really, that. really good, really good version. Yeah, opening doors and stuff, and platforms, mm. and yeah, yeah, clever game that. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the clones? Because just run through quickly. All the- yeah, we got lots of clones. I told you. Told sorry, listeners, it's going to be a bit long on this. We've got lots of clones to talk about. Um, before we go that, another version. You know, I said that there was it was licensed to lots of people. The um, Sidam got a version of it and also Zakaria Zachariah Italian yeah. companies they got their own version and they did their own cabinets which are really really nice looking cabinets and I think the Zachariah one Zakaria, the actual when you play the actual game the, the cabinet looks very very similar but it's got the invaders rather than space invaders Yeah, very similar to the, the original cabinet it's nice looking but it's got buttons and the buttons on this are the hardest buttons I've ever used in my life it wears your fingers out if I had one of those, I'd change the buttons straight away for Leafs. Um, but the game is very, very different. It's not as good. It, it looks the same. You think, oh, this is Space Invaders. When you play it, it's not. It's ah, a very different game. I didn't with know With different that. sounds. And, and the board is a, a bit of a beast to keep running. They break down a lot. Right. Okay, let's clones. We, we do the notable ones, I think, because there is lots. And very, very, sometimes they're very, very similar. 
maybe with some graphical changes or maybe just a, a bit at the start where they change the name of the licensor or something boring like that. But the ones I, I sort of noticed, there's one called Space Intruder. Yeah. And you can look, everyone can look at these in MAME. They're easily available. And you've got to turn the clones on in MAME if you need to do the setting. Uh, this is a colour version that, that you fire faster and you can't shoot the invader shots for some reason. And the invader's got slightly different animations as well. And the text is all in Japanese. Yeah. Uh, there's one called Space Invaders Part 4. I don't know where Part 3 came from. or what to. Uh, faster player shots. And the mothership can actually fire down a really fast missile. So you have a bit of a shock when you first play. You go, I'm going to get you, mother. And you can <laughs> shoot it. And it shoots a really fast missile down at you, which nearly always hits you. Uh, it's also got uh, a little message and some invader artwork between the levels. It's sort of like, you know, blocks of invaders making up words and stuff. And mm. some of the invaders, when you shoot them, they grow back. And there's a space next to them, they grow back. Yeah. And they do that on Space Invaders Part 2, yeah. which is actually an, another feature for it. Uh, one called Cosmic Monsters, which is by Universal, which is an original game, apparently. And they this is in the same... Um, uh, suite of games with a cosmic title like my cosmic alien um, and this has got wobbly invaders it looks like they're done in, in italics they're sort of like little sweepy things that go left and right yeah I did see this one and yeah. I didn't see a mothership on there well I played like two levels of it and didn't see a mothership so I'm not sure if there's a mothership on it oh, it's the first game in the um, actually it's the first game from Universal ever oh, but okay. it is the first one in their cosmic series they did like you know the your one cosmic alien cosmic gorilla yeah. Um, Cosmic Pizza. Did you play Cosmic Pizza? Never played Cosmic Pizza. Are you no, sure? I've, no, I've made that one up, sorry. In your mind. That'd be a good one, Cosmic Pizza. You can write it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's one called Darth Vader. I'm sure that wasn't licensed. I'm sure it wasn't. No. It's no. exactly the same game as Space Invaders, but only notable because it's got like um, a, a, a little graphic of Darth Vader on the title screen. That's it. Totally the same. Uh, Invasion, which is the Sidam version. Text's all in Italian, and the graphics are funky little guys who wobble their arms around, little sort of humans type thing. Same yeah. gameplay, though. Uh, Jacques Respecter, which sounds French to me. And this is on the Braze multi-game, which is an add-on you can get from the original Space Invaders board, PCB. And it's got loads of different versions. It's got our favourite Lunar Rescue on there. Yeah, I have played it. Which is the same yeah. hardware. I used to have this um, PCB. I gave it to Davo. Uh, it's a really nice game. Yeah, the Invaders lob out bullets a lot quicker on Jacques Respecter. And we played that on the, the multi-game at the arcade club, didn't we? We did. Which you beat me on again. <laughs> uh, Space War, Sanritsu. Uh, same game, faster shots. And it plays a really long, annoying little tinny tune when you die. And a an horrible cacophony when you complete a level. Did you play this one? Yeah, I, I do like the fast bullets. Um, yeah, I like cause... that. It plays a bit more interesting. Yeah, but all oh, the tunes, yeah, not oh. good. It's like listening to an old uh, 5210 Nokia, tinny music, horrible, ear-bleedingly bad music. Yeah. Uh, Super Earth Invasion, we mentioned earlier, with the little ships, the little, uh, sorry, the little houses, little two-up, two-downs. Yep. And every now and again, they lob a quick missile at you, we don't, you're not expecting. And it, it actually, when, when the mothership shoots, it actually makes an explosion on the ground. Really? And you've got to be careful, because that'll kill you as well. And when you uh. hit the mothership... It says oof or bam <laughs> comes up, which I thought was quite good. Batman style, like the old yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam West Batman. Um, yeah, I like the houses on it. And I'm sure I've seen this in the Bedrooms to Billions movie. It was one of the like hundreds of games that flick up as they're doing like a segue in between things. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's been on there. 
what else we got? Uh, super Invaders. Uh, it's not super at all. It isn't <laughs> super. Exactly the same game using Nintendo's, Nintendo's subterfuge that he used by putting super in front of everything when they had the Super NES. Clever that. Yeah. Super Wii, anyone? <laughs> oh, I don't want to have a Super Wii. That's horrible. <laughs> uh, and then this is the most notable one for me because I actually own this game and the machine that goes with it. It's Space Fever, Nintendo Space Fever. Nintendo Space Fever High Splitter, two different versions of the same game. Same hardware, and I've got a ROMs, a version of the ROMs I just swap over. You swap over seven ROMs, EPROMs, and you get a different game. But Space Fever is... Alex has got the black and white version, which is really, really cool, and I've got the colour version of it. And you get three different games, game A, B, and C. Let me just turn around and look at my machine. It's right behind me. You get A, B, and C, yellow, orange, and red buttons on the console. Yeah. It's a cocktail cabinet I've got. And game A, I think, is... Uh, don't quote me on this. I'm going to get A, B, and C around the wrong way. But I think A is you get a single top line of invaders. And they're very similar. Sort of, they're in colour. They're very similar shaped things. Exactly the same game. You get one line of them. And when you shoot... If they, they go left to right, and if they hit the left or the right, you get another line of them come down. Until you keep missing and they keep hitting the sides, then you get a whole block of them and you kill them off as normal. But you can keep them at bay by shooting them off. And you get, obviously, the one at the top. And game B is two blocks of invaders on left and right, and there's a gap in the middle. And they move independently left to right. When they hit each other in the middle and they meet, they come down. And when they hit the left and right, they come down. So it's a slightly different game the way they move, which is quite fun. And then game C, which is the traditional... 55 invaders coming down left to right. And the game has different sound effects, really, really cool sound effects. I'll just pop one in here right now. And then you've got Space Fever High Split, which came out, I think, in the same year. They did a slightly different thing to the game, and they, they changed it a little bit. And basically, you get really fat invaders. Yeah. They're really robust invaders. And basically, the, the, they called it High Splitter. If you shoot the invaders right in the belly, right in the middle, they'll disappear and you kill them. If you hit them on the side, slightly to the side, they split into two. Yeah. And this game came out before Space Invaders Part 2. Oh. And they do the same thing. Who copied who? We don't know. I bet Alex would say Nintendo came up with it first. Yeah. Um, and it is a real fun game. And it's got the same thing again with slightly different games, A, B, and C. Not quite the same as Space Fever uh, normal. It's slightly different again. And also, the other difference, apart from the fat invaders, it looked like they really do look like cla- crabs and sort of uh, sea creatures. They really do. Um, you, the top alien at the top flashes. You get the normal one, which you kill for like 100 up to 300 points. But when you get a flashy one and you shoot that, you get 100 for that or whatever, and a little one will fly out the side of it and go really quickly the opposite way. And if you shoot that one, you get 500 points. Oh. And it's quite quick getting the... You've got to judge it just right to get him. He's a quick little monkey. And then you get 500 points. And it's a really cool version of the game. That's why I bought that machine, because... I fell in love with Alex's. He was a bad influence on me for governance. <laughs> he got it, and I'd never heard of it. Played it in Maine, thought, I like this. And when I was playing this black and white one, I thought, I've got to have me one of these. Yeah. And I actually sold my Space Invaders uh, my Space Invaders cocktail cabinet and bought this. And I, I did this up and reproduced it, and it looks beautiful. I'm never going to get rid of it. It's really, really cool. 
I got sort of quite into them. Then I got loads of them. I got I still got to do up now. But that one is mint. It's right behind me, and it's really really nice. I like that game. I've had a quick go on Main, but um, like I say, only a quick go. I think I tried the game, the splitting the game um, A. I think was it A where yeah. they split? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, um, hard actually, very hard. You do get into it. Me and Alex had a bit of a competition, and I think he's just beating me on it. Yeah. Space Fever and High Split are favourites of mine. I really like them. Really like those games. It said on the uh, it says on the notes here, it was too hard and you started crying. Uh, I didn't write that. Yeah, you did. It's in red. You did. Yeah, it. too hard, cried. I put that, yeah. <laughs> it was hard. Right, I've got a couple of uh, strange ones. Um, okay. Space Ranger from Leisure Time Electronics. Right, yeah. the space, the, your ship is at the top of the screen. Okay. Uh, it's like an upside down version. You're actually firing down. At first, I thought it was the cocktail version that had gone wrong, but it's not. You're actually firing down. Yeah. Um, you're shooting at types of fish. So it's okay. like a, a nautical theme, even though it's called Space Ranger. And the, the cod ba- and stuff. The bases, yeah. The bases are anchors, you know, from a ship. Oh, so okay. it's very, That's weird. What were they thinking of? I don't know. Bonkers. Bonkers. And uh, one called Yosaku To Donbe. Yeah. Right? You, the, the, um, the screen starts and it's a tree with birds in it. Oh, I've seen this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a guy that chops down the tree, which uh-huh. is the effect of making the birds get lower. The birds are the invaders. With his massive chopper. Yeah. <laughs> and you shoot them. And uh, the mothership is a large bird that flies across. But the birds actually flash, so they're hard to kill. Oh, so, okay. So uh, there is, is it Space Invaders Deluxe where the mothership flashes? It's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No good for people with migraines. No, mm. no. And uh, prize Space Invaders where you can win money yeah. on it. It's an old freak machine, isn't it? Yeah, incredibly hard, yeah. You, I've heard it's because they were going to give away the money, so they're going to make it hard, aren't they? Yeah, you can win, um, oh, like a world record holder's probably won 50 pence on it, you know. <laughs> it's one of them. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of inspired game uh, Space Invaders inspired games um, yeah, I won't yeah, go into the Galaxian days. side of it mm-hmm. um, but you've got Astro Fighter which yeah, that's I'm, a good one yeah which is the, the Data East game yep. um, different attack waves Cosmo which if you check that out on MAME there's different there's different baddies on that um, but it definitely looks like Space Invaders hardware to me oh okay uh, might well be yeah I'll have to look that one up 8080 hardware there was the old yeah. processor in that there's Ozma Wars, which is first game manufactured by SNK. Um, yep, heard of that one. And MAME says it's the first game with disparate levels as well, separate levels. And the first game with an energy bar instead of lives. So that's, oh, yes, it has, hasn't it? Yeah. So that's quite an important one. Hmm. Um, there's other stuff like Astro Invader, um, Cosmic Gorilla. That was another that's one. That's a great game. Cosmic Gorilla's really good. Space Laser, the one we mentioned where your ship shoots... Uh, yeah, you, one, you're up in the, one guy's at the top and you're down the bottom. I think when you play a cocktail cab, you, both players control, you've got to chain. Because I think what you do is you wait for your laser to charge up and then it can reach right across the screen. But if you keep shooting it, you're going to shoot the invaders in the middle. They get in the way. Yeah. But then you, you wait for it. You, get a, you wait for a little alley and you shoot right up the screen. You can shoot your, your mate across the screen. It's yeah. quite a challenging game. I like that one. Yeah, and obviously you've got Lunar Rescue after that, which is not... I suppose it is inspired by Invaders, isn't it? It's yeah, there is Invaders in it. You've got them down the screen, yeah, yeah. It's kind, of, yeah. it's kind of an unofficial sequel, I'd say, wouldn't you? Lunar Rescue? Yeah, yeah, it sort of is. It came in its own cab. It's really yeah. beautiful. Uh, Alpha One, Ol, he's got a cab of it. Really nice. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. And you've got including, not including, 
Phoenix, which is an amazing game. Love Phoenix. Yeah. Carnival, which is one I wrote down a minute ago. I just remember Carnival. Yeah. Carnival is basically Space Invaders at the Carnival. Yeah, good game. And you get to shoot a cool bear with a target on his belly later on. Arr. Centipede, yeah. I suppose that is almost like a Space Invader, isn't it? You control a, a sort of gunship at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, and one of Alex's favourites, Radar Scope. Very similar game. Yeah, I think some of these were kind of inspired by Galaxian as well because they came out sort of 80, yeah, 79, did, 80, yeah. yeah. Did you know the original Galaxian was black and white? Was it? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, because uh, Galaxian's one of the first colour games. Yeah. And apparently there is a ROM version of it around with black and white. I'd like to have that. Yeah. That sounds pretty groovy. But let's get on to the scoring. Come on. Very low because you get 10, 20, 30 for the Invaders. And I think you get from 50 to 300 for the top one. So the most you can ever score in one hit is 300 points. Yeah, well, what I, what I think really is because we've covered such a, a massive subject and you can't really talk about scoring for just one game, really. I think we should um, move on and not discuss the, um, the scores, to be honest. Mr. Holly, you are trying to get out of the scores. <laughs> if you beat me, I'm going to be really annoyed because you played it down so much. I'll tell you what I got then. You ready? I got, uh, go on then. I Tell got me exactly five thousand. Oh, that is music to my ears. <laughs> I knew it would be <laughs> five thousand one hundred and fifty. No way. Do you oh, know where you can so, put it? So close in your face. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know it was that close. When you get to four thousand, it gets hard, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you unlock a level four? And they're down as low as they can get. And it gets quite difficult getting in and out, getting them quick, getting the bottom layer. But I was playing earlier, and I think the best I've ever got is about 7,000. And that's yeah. really gunning for it. And I know people can regularly get 10 and more. Um, but yeah, 5,150 I got earlier. God, <laughs> if I'd known... I would, oh, thank goodness for that. I would have carried I was, on. I would have carried... So did you do the fourth level? Because I never finished the fourth level. I believe so, yeah. After, yeah. I don't really keep... A, there is one version of it, and I think Space Invaders 2 does it. When you go through the levels, it says what number, level you're on, in your bases. They change from 1, 2, 3, yeah. 4 in your bases. I wonder, what it gets, I wonder what happens when it gets to 10. I wonder if it can cope with 10 on the bases. I've never got that far. Because yeah. in Space Invaders Part 2, you don't get your name in until you hit 5,000. That's quite a chore to get that far. Oh, that's really good. I'm, I'm glad I've been at something <laughs> for a change. Oh, it's close, though. It's close. It was very close. I thought you would have been like seven, seven and a half thousand, I thought. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, it says you've got uh, a guy called Patrick from Italy on the Dragon's Lair forum, Dragon's Lair fans forum, currently restoring his Zach, Zachariah Invaders, which is a nice-looking machine. Yes. Uh, so good luck with that. Um, I always like it when someone restores an old machine, especially one of these iconic-looking machines. I think it's really good. So well, well done, that. Good luck. Yeah, but he's put some photos up, and the exterior looks really good. Um, yeah. He's got some problems with the um, um, a double image appearing. Oh yeah, yeah. Those those boards are really proprietary. They've really got loads of weird connectors on them, and they don't work on anything else. And apparently, they're very difficult to fix. You've got to make a proper loom up and everything, and it's very different from any other kind of hardware. So good luck with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, right, should we go back to uh, Benson's Benson Rad's um, Space Invaders story? We can, actually. I'm going to read this story out for him. Because we asked people to write in their stories. We had your mythical one, obviously, and my <laughs> story. Uh, yeah, read us out Ben's one. 
he's put first time I played it was on my it was in my school social club and they had a gauntlet and double dragon uh, in there and the double dragon got swapped out for space invaders for a while but it was not really a hit with the other kids so double dragon made a return aside from the console version I must admit I'd not really played it again until the revival mini so it's like me and played it for mm-hmm. years and years yeah, yeah. Um, up in Kenilworth last October I was there I settled down at the Space Fever cocktail, Alex's, I believe, well, it was, as it, as it was unplugged and carried away by him and Vic while I was playing it. <laughs> Did you have to get home or something? But basically, I had to go. Oh, sorry, I didn't realise it, it was Ben. And um, it was basically, you can almost imagine like a, a sort of an old 70s uh, comedy sketch with these two blokes in like brown overcoats and flat caps just sort of unplugged it and sort of walked away with him sort of standing there with going, what's going on? Where's the machine gone? <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, I took one of my little cabs and I like to took his, his space fever and it got quite a lot of play actually. I mean, even little tiny kids were playing it and they were really getting into it which was oh, excellent cool. to see. Really, really nice. Um, he said he's found that totally awesome, which led me to picking up an old battered Moon Crester cocktail. Good uh, game, which I'd at some point like to have a multi PCB so I can play some more Space Invader style clones in versus mode. Yes. Keep up the good work with the podcast, he's put. Oh, yes, well, we'll try. We'll try. Do you know, I've actually got a photo um, of my brother playing Alex's Space Fever. It, I don't know if it was 2012 Play Expo or 2013. Oh yeah, I don't know. Alex took one. along his all his. Um, that was thirteen, I think, because he took along all his Nintendos yeah. with him. He had a great big load of Inten- Nintendo machines with him. Yeah, it's yeah. just by the side of that, and then they had the palm trees and everything. A really cool yes, setup. That's right. Yeah. It was really groovy. I, w- I wish I'd gone to that one. I missed out because it looked a really good show. That one. Yeah. Uh, I have got a story, uh, a little story about. Um, there's a guy called S. J. Bain, Steve, on on Jama Plus forum, and he started over a year ago building a tiny little. 14-inch, I'm not sure what ratio it is to an original machine, but it's scaled down exactly to a certain ratio. Uh, Space Invaders machine, he was doing the the, the midway version with the, the double-walled sides and the sloping uh, lid on it. Yeah, And he was doing it, he was doing it with um, an FGPA uh, board. And he was, he was using, basically emulates hardware rather than software like MAME. So you're emulating the chips on the actual PCB. So it's a much right. more closer emulation. And um, he was using a four-inch black-and-white TV as the monitor. Yeah. And basically, he pinched it out of one of these old travel... Remember the old caravan travel TVs? Yeah. He basically doing that, and he started doing it, and I was just blown away. I was like, this is amazing. And he was doing it with... And he had it all in bits. It was like wires and breadboards and everything, and he actually got it working. And he was playing it with these little tiny buttons he'd got and put on there. And he, he mocked up the cab, and he had it all uh, laser cut out of um, ply. And he's put it all together. And he's, he's been... He's, he's sort of um, taken a bit of a, a break from it, because he's left it for ages. And I kept getting on to him saying, when are you going to make that machine? Come on. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I talked to him at one of the meets, and he's a really nice guy. And uh, we were talking about it, because he inspired me to make my Pong Cube, which I've been on about before. And I use one of these little four-inch black and white screens, proper CRTs. Yes, I have seen that, yeah. But his um, Space Invaders blows my Pong out the water. I mean, everyone likes the Pong. It looks quite a nice little thing, but it's very, very simple. And it was just about just my limit of electronics. And he helped me with a bit of the electronics. So I say thank you for that, Steve. Um, but his one is an, an exact replica. He's even got the screen down low, because they've got... They, the monitors on CRTs, the, the smaller they get, the, the tubes don't stay in the same ratio to the to the, the front of it. So the tubes at the back are still quite long. 
So right. on a four-inch screen, you've still got like an eight-inch long tube at the back. Oh. So he's laid it down. It's the only way you could get it in this tiny little cab he's made. And he's got a back glass, and it actually reflects a four-inch screen onto the back glass. And he's going so far with the amazing emulation. It's he's actually using TTL Logic chips to reproduce the original sounds on this thing. Wow. And he's just um, updated it. I should put a link into the Jammer forums. So he's updated his posts after a year of waiting. Um, where he's been doing the side art for it. And he's actually stenciled the front art, which is how they originally did it. He was going to get it um, screen printed, but I think he's going to stencil it like the originals now. And it's a really cool project. I mean, people will love this. Please go and have a look at it. It's on our website and I'll put show notes to it. And I hope he will finish it one day and bring it to shows. I really want to have a go of it. And it inspired me to make my Pong. So thanks for that, SJ Baines. Excellent. Um, one last bit on Space Invaders. I asked, I asked people on the Arcade Dreams Facebook page. Please go to that. It's a really good Facebook page. Yeah, I asked them, uh, in 10 words or less, can tell us what you think about Space Invaders, just, just to see what mm-hmm. um, replies I got. Yep. Um, so I got uh, John Budd, Mr. John Budd. He yes. put, uh, he put the granddad of shooters, let's destroy the alien scum. He's really got something against the invaders, hasn't he? Oh, John. He doesn't like him. Uh, Martin White put absolute iconic legend, but frankly, a bit dull. That's good, though, that is. Take those words back, Martin. Is it? All right, yeah. Yeah. Mark Hogg, thank you, Space Invaders. It started everything. Without it, no games. He's got a point. He has got a point, though. Uh, Mark Armstrong, awesome feeling of claustrophobia caused by invaders' relentless advance. That boom, 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 boom. It ain't going to stop. They're mm. going to keep coming until you go at the bottom and die. <laughs> and that always happens. Uh, just two more. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get this guy's name right. Andronic, Andronic Galustians. Galustians. Is that his real name? Or was that just a take on Galaxians? I don't know. <laughs> uh, apologies if I got that wrong. First there was space, then came invaders. Arcade gaming began. That's good, isn't he it? He warned people. I don't know if First that's... there was space, then came the invaders. I think that's more than ten words. Huh? Anyway. Um, let him off, it sounds good. And last guy, Stephen Miranda, one of the high, most highly appreciated classics ever made, which is true. That is true. And you've got Victor Liu, Lau, at the top. Yes. He's got a space invasion, uh, but it is a space invaders, and he's got a picture of the cab there. And it looks like a, the same kind of cab, but it's slightly sparse in the graphics. Like there's some missing on, on the actual... Cab, nice looking cab though. Yeah, it looks well a done, bit... Victor. Nice name as well. Yeah, a bit like a, <laughs> like a, Zachariah one. Does it look like? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay, that space mode is just about covered now. I think. Yes. Um, let's go on to a bit of the art of side art. Right, this week. I have picked Asteroids. I thought you were going to pick Asteroids. Go yeah. on. Tell uh, us about Asteroids. Obviously, I've seen it at Arcade Club. It looks very, very nice. I hadn't seen it for years. Um, I started playing it again a couple of years ago. Um, it's a really nice marquee with your ship uh, zooming across space with the, the explosions all around. Uh, the same for the side art, which is a larger version of the same image. Um, they use like minimal colours, red, white, blue, yellow. That's all that's used on the side art. A lot of side art was like that, yeah. wasn't it? I think it's because it's screen printed, they're limited on colours. Yeah, and it all makes it stand out. Um, the bezel has some nice cartoon asteroids rushing around the outside of the screen. Um, the control panel, um, I don't know if you remember it, it's like a blue 
almost like a checkerboard, uh, blue, white, yellow, uh, not yellow, red. blue, white, red. Mm-hmm. And um, I also thought it sat out of place with the rest of the cab. But I don't think it does. I think it, because it was like late 70s where all these like Star Wars uh, films were coming out and Battlestar Galactica and they all had these weird control panels, didn't they, in their ships. and Yeah. And I think it fits. It fits the time and it actually fits the cab. And also, I've got to give a mention to the flyer. Um, I love ar- arcade flyers, and I think Atari did some of the best. And this Asteroids flyer, this is another one I had pinned on the wall for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, the Asteroids uh, flyer. Yeah. Well, I can talk a little bit about Asteroids because I owned one. Yes. Uh, an upright. I've had an upright and a cabaret. And if anyone out there wants to sell me a cabaret, I'd like another one, please. <laughs> I really miss Asteroids, and I want it again. Uh, and I, I think a little cabaret would be lovely. Uh, the original cab is beautiful, as you said. And the one in Arcade Club is a really nice example. It's mint. Yeah. I mean, the side art on that one, it's full side art. I mean, it takes the whole side of the, of the cabinet on both yeah. sides. And uh, There's none at the front on the kick plate. But as you said, the control panel, which is screen printed, normally they're really rusty things because they're steel and they rust through the paint. But their one is like a reproduction, actually screen printed on new steel. And you've got five buttons, left, uh, thrust left, thrust right, uh, thrust, fire, and you've got hyperspace. And, it, yeah, as you said, it's very simple. What Atari did with their old games is they made the control panels look like if they, you were really in a Space Invaders-type asteroids ship, yeah. this is what you'd have in front of you. They tried to make the controls look like if you were actually in a vehicle or a spaceship or an aeroplane or whatever. And they did a really good job of that. And the Asteroids sort of font, I love the Asteroids font. All the Atari fonts I really like. I'm a bit of a nerd with fonts, but yeah. I loved it. And as you said, the backdrop inside is um, the vector monitor, as you obviously know. Um, and around it is like a sort of 3D cardboard cutout. And it's got the, the sort of moons and stars and all this sort of stuff in there. And it's really nicely presented. And then you obviously get, as I like, as well, I've said before, on the on the Perspex bezel you look through... It's got the scoring of the asteroids and the ships and, you know, the bad guys. And it's got how much, you, you know, what you've got to do in the game and, and the scores and everything. Yeah. And I really, really like that. Asteroids is a really sort of big cab and it's sort of quite a tall thing and you sort of get immersed into it. I think Alex said before about um, the Goliath cabs, electronic Goliaths, you sort of get immersed. It's got sides. You sort of, you're in the game, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and it sort of encompasses you, and you sort of get into it, and especially with that screen as well. Absolute beautiful, iconic cab asteroids. I'm glad you chose that one. It's really, really nice. I'm also going to give a quick mention to uh, oh yeah, 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 Muddy Music's gone. recent Mappy uh, game he's got. Do you know Ollie? Muddy Music is yeah. listener number four. Yeah, <laughs> yep. he's in the top ten. Yep, he is. Uh, he's just got a mappy. Um, he was going to get this a while back. I mean, me, when me and Alex were still doing the podcast together, um, we heard Whisper was getting one. I said to him, when are you getting this mappy? He's like, no, no, don't say anything yet. I haven't got it yet. Don't tell, don't you don't jinx it. And I said, all right, I'll leave it until you get it. So hopefully I'll talk to him about this. Um, yeah, really nice cab. Mappy's lovely. The side art on that, we'll have to sort of get him to talk to us about it maybe. But the side art and, and basically the marquee on mappy is huge. Yeah, you um, think, what the hell is that? But it looks, actually, when you look at it, it looks really good, doesn't it? And the game is great as well. I'm yeah, not very I'd, good at it, but it's a really nice little I game. I do like that. I'd never played it in the arcade, but I got into it on, um, I don't know, one of these Namco Museum things on PlayStation 1, I think. Yes. And yeah. I really got into that, but I'm not any good at it. 
OK, uh, let's do another extra you thought up of here in your tiny brain. Yes. Tiny. Uh, and this is releases from this month in history going November. back so many years. In November. I'm going to do the um, going back in time bit by waving my hands. That'll do. I want to put a sound effect in. Nice. <laughs> right, I'm going to go 20... That's it. That's better. 20 years ago this month. So this okay, is 1994. Midway, Cruising USA, which is from Eugene Jarvis, who we all know did uh, Robotron, Defender. Defender God, as we yeah. know him. Yeah, mm-hmm. 30 years ago in November. We're going back to 1984. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nam- Namco, Grobda. Grobda, I've heard that game before. It's, um, it's like tank, you know, you, you're a tank in a maze, it's very mm-hmm. fast. Uh, you've got a shield, which you, you have to use. Each level can last like five to ten seconds. It's that quick. You shoot, wow. you shoot all the tanks, go on to the next level. Um, and then we go 40 years ago. Now we're back to November 74. Wow. And you've got the game that must have inspired Grobda. You've got Tank, which was developed by um, Key Games, which obviously was part of Atari that no one knew at that time. Well, yeah, actually, they're so-called rivals. Yeah, I think they mer- made up rivals. I think they merged back into uh, Atari because this yeah. game was so successful and it did, mm. did help Atari um, stave off bankruptcy because they were struggling. They did yeah. have, I think, their Grand Track 10 out, but it wasn't doing so well. And also 40 years ago, Speed Race. Okamoto himself, the uh, 1942 legend, he did the first Speed Race. Yeah, and I had a Speed Race CL5, 1976 game. It was colour. It might have been 78. I think it was 76. Um, I had a, a game of that, and it's a really, really nice racer. It's a, there's a few different versions of it. And basically, it's just an up-the-screen scrolling racing game. You have little puddles and stuff, and you've got to avoid the cars and that, and it's like a little up, fast and slow gear, gear um, stick and a pedal. Really, really nice game, though. I didn't know it was that old. Yeah. Wow, I was one when that came out. 1974. Cool I was just at uh, 22. <laughs> yeah, you are really old. <laughs> no, I was four. I don't remember that. Okay, let's get on to let's wrap this show up. We're doing next show's game and who picked it. What we're going to have? Listener one, maybe. Um, what do you think? Well, I really want to do Star Force. I yeah. like Star Force. I want to beat you at it. Yeah, I do too. But remember, I'm already up to half a million on it. Yeah, sod it. <laughs> uh, I don't care. I'm going to beat you. Let's do Star Force. Right, that's brilliant because I can play it in a proper cab, which is good for me. I can play it in my cab sitting down, which is quite nice. It's all, you always play better, don't you, in a proper cab? Always. Oh, I did. When I, I put that score on straight away. And that was my first game when I was at Arcade Club. And obviously you beat it afterwards and I beat it. And then you beat it again. Yeah. Which is how you should play games. Yeah. Okay, let's do Star Force next week. We want all the listeners to play along. And if you beat us, don't bother ringing in. We don't want to know. <laughs> Actually, yes, we do. Please give us your feedback. And I will see you in two weeks' time. And hopefully the listeners in two weeks' time as well. Thanks for podcasting with me, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.